Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hotline League pre-show. If you're listening to this uh, on a podcast or if you are watching it on YouTube or whatever, here's what we've decided to do. And we're going to spend about 25 minutes, maybe 30, maybe a little less, talking about the import rule stuff because we have been talking about it nonstop for the past couple of episodes, and obviously it's all been all over my channel. So what I don't want is for it to, to once again consume the conversation for the rest of the show whenever we could be talking about any number of different things like the MSI announcement and all that stuff. So Mark and I decided to dedicate a special sh uh, part of the show, this pre-show, uh, and just make kind of a longer block here of content for all of you so that we could take time to talk about this. Raz should be joining us. He, I know he wanted to come on, uh, but he's gone. So perhaps there was miscommunication. I don't know if he realized that like, when I said 30 minute pre-show that I meant that it would start before the show. Uh, yeah. He probably so. meant like spend 30 minutes before yeah. the callers. Right. Exactly. So anyway, if you are listening to this or you don't want it, you don't, you're done with the import rule conversation. Don't worry. We're going to give you same amount of content you would normally get without it. Just go ahead and skip ahead. There should be a timestamp there. And if not, you know, seek along on this, but again, we're hoping it should be, it should be like 22 minutes give or take a couple minutes. Maybe it'll go a little bit long, but hopefully, hopefully you can manage it. And this is how we'll manage it. Uh, and then we'll also have Gilioto, 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 who's the Immortals coach and has coached in Europe and stuff. So anyway, uh, this pre-show is brought to you by Alienware and Game Fuel. We didn't sell it to them; they actually just sponsor Hotline League. But we're giving it to them anyway because we did not. Uh, you're sell so it. you're so generous, Travis. So I, I was me. I'd be stingy. I, I'd be emailing them right <laughs> We'd be now. Be looking for Guys. another. We're looking DMing for like, another sponsor for the pre-show to Hotline League. Give me another pack of, <laughs> give me another case of Game Fuel, or I'm not doing. I'm not mentioning. I mean, they give guys. us unlimited Game Fuel. You can have, you can have as much as you can drink, Mark. Give me. Okay. I don't know another shirt. So uh, let's talk about this. So Mark, you and I were both discussing. Uh, is there? Should we just talk exclusively about Andy's letter for right now? I mean, I think that's the big, like, quote unquote, development. And then, like, you know, some of the conversations in the Reddit thread. But yeah, um, for me, I think that's that's the big talking point is um, Reggie's letter and, you know, all that. Yeah. So I want I wish that there was like a it's on medium. I wonder if I can do like a dark mode for for it. Uh, other, because otherwise I have to blast everyone's corneas with it. You can invert your color scheme on your computer. I don't know if that will. I think that will make. I think they can all invert their color schemes. I don't know if that works for us. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, there's Raz. Okay. you're right. Hang on, Raz is messaging me. Show started on my way. Okay. Um. Well, I guess we can start, and then we yeah. can. I mean, we'll try not to repeat, but sure. I don't want to. You know. Okay. Uh, uh, so, did you want to start? Should I start? What do you want to do? You should start. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty lengthy, you know, article. Um. I mean, not like it's a fucking. You if know. you somehow missed it, by the way, Reginald from TSM put out, first, he apologized to Vulcan. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, he posted a thing said, that says, my thoughts on the LCS, and it's long. Oh, and I will say this. I was thinking about making its own video, but I kind of felt like it was like, I don't know, continuing the drama to turn it into like, I, I didn't want to veer into like yeah. TMZ. But uh, there was some speculation on the last Hotline League that Andy could have gotten fined for what he did with Vulcan. And I guess I can say now that I've reached out to Riot, who confirmed that he did get fined five grand for conduct unbecoming. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the news there. But anyway, should we talk about 
this. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so uh, I won't go over everything in the article because, it, like I said, it's lengthy. Um, and so I'll, it'll be, I think for me at least, more talking about my thoughts on the article. Um, and I, I typed out 13, and you know, I don't know if we're going to go through all of them. It's just like I'm someone who, like, when I'm thinking about things, I like to write them down. Uh, so they're at least out of my head once. Um, but I think the first note that I have about this is that it's the post is largely a list of things that are currently wrong with the LCS, um, you know, and it's a good jumping off point, you know, to start with common ground, hey, here are the issues kind of thing. And I, I'll give Reggie credit that this is more than most owners have done so far, at least, you know, so like on that front, like this is all a good starting point. Um, I think where it becomes a little bit of an issue for me, though, is that, uh, oh, we're getting Raz in here. I'll, I'll stop down for a sec. No, you can keep going. Okay, well, while Raz gets in here, I think I think one of my issues with it is that um, for any fan who is, you know, uh, more active in the community, they've probably heard these points every year for like the past three years. Um, every single year after Worlds, there's these exact reasons discussed on talk shows, on Twitter. Um, people say these things. Like these are just the things that North America struggles with. Some of it's potentially our fault. Some of it's not potentially our fault. Um, and so in a sense, this the, the bulk of this article are things that are largely not even related to the import rule necessarily. Um, and I think what's missing for me is tying in what changing the import rule will do for some of these. Like we talk about population size. I, I can kind of see that one. It's just about like, oh, there'll be more talent. But like talks about ping. We talk about talent development. We talk about these kinds of other things in there. Uh, and I don't think it necessarily ties in like specifically what these things are going to do. Yeah. Raz, welcome to the pre-show. Uh, wait, can, we can't hear you. You're muted on Discord. Unmute on Discord. Is he even on Discord? Yes, he he's on the channel. Oh, oh my goodness! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> you do pre-shows for these things now? We are what doing it for this, this one. This is new. This is new. This is this is only for this episode because we're we wanted to segregate off the import drama from the rest okay. of the show. Yeah. Very yeah. fair. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, thanks for inviting me to the show, Travis. Yeah. So what was your take on, on the, the Andy letter? I know we can, we can kind of dive into these specific topics at some point in time, but like, what did yeah. you think of it overall, Raz, before I know, I know you have a big rant you want to unleash. So maybe we Yeah, the rant is going to come. Do you want me to just go for the rant? So, no, no, so no. We, this is funny because I think I have like 13 points and I can like go through them and maybe I'll hit some of your like. Yeah, yeah. Go points. for it. Go for Let's it. Let's do that. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Mine are, mine are semi-organized in a way that makes sense in my head. So my first one is largely, largely just saying like, hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate laying out the ground rules, but I think this article is lacking tying in why these problems are going to be fixed by the import rule. Uh, my second issue with it a little bit is that there is some misinformation uh and you know i i hesitate to, to say misinformation i'm not quite sure the right term for it but he claims that half the teams about are no longer willing to spend uh to really compete and list the team like you know golden guardians and some of these others uh as you know evidence for like why the import rule needs to go but he doesn't acknowledge the fact that that's largely due to covid yeah. uh that this is covid decreased spending from economic pressure on the investors that as i understand it you know and that's, no, i mean that, he didn't that's he must not have watched Hunter's video for Golden Guardians where Hunter was like, we were ready to go. Apparently they were ready. The story that I think Hunter said in that was that they found out they had, they had earned, they had gotten the, the ability to sign all the players they wanted. People had agreed to terms. And then as they were ready to sign the documents, uh, 
Golden State Warriors were essentially like, yeah, we can't do this. So like yeah. they were ready to spend. It wasn't because of that. It's because NBA is suffering from from COVID stuff. Right. And so that's that's one of my issues with it is like that's a bit of a you know twisting facts to kind of suit the idea that like oh teams don't believe that NA can compete anymore, so they're not willing to spend. It's like well more they literally can't spend this year. Not to mention, uh, by the way, do we want like I don't think we need ten teams that are all spending five million dollars yeah. to try to get to worlds. Well, right? like there's development and all that stuff. So that's going to be a huge thing without this is or throughout this this document is that there's a lot of emphasis put on money equating quality. Um, which I think is a big fallacy. And we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that when it comes to developing the, the NA scene, um, but that's a little bit further down my list. Sure. Third thing, uh, in terms of not addressing concerns, like I think one of the things that the owners are really, really missing is that they're not actually talking about the talking points that the community is talking about, like fan engagement and viewership and what people are going to care about. Um, you know, we've done some polls, Travis, and obviously our show is not like the fucking, I don't know, Right, we've but we have at least some data, data which we haven't seen presented from Riot or or anybody. Right, and and from what we see, the majority, and for us it's up to seventy percent, but I, I I bet that's partially our audience. But seventy percent of fans do not want this rule removed, and a lot of people are saying that they are concerned that they would lose interest in the league, um, and that's just not even addressed. And in the post, Reggie talks a little bit about fans being worried. And he says, oh, well, you know, like, but fans clearly like people like Bjergsen and Jensen and Sven Skarin and stuff like that. But again, that sounds out of touch with the community because the entire community that I've seen is pro path to residence, permanent residence. No one wants the import rule to become no imports at all. They're fine with path to, to pro residence, but uh, they want the time built in to connect and build an affinity with those players and not have to worry about five new players coming in at once and just becoming a team. Um, and then if that does happen and they are successful, most fans feel like that would not be a connect, like a, a representative of our region winning. Uh, Zales said as much on, on the podcast of, of the dive, excuse me. Um, and like, that's a point that I feel like was totally glossed over was this concern because it sounds like he was arguing that like fans, uh, you know, don't want permanent residence when, when most fans actually push for permanent residence, they just want there to be a path for it and not just, you know, open the gates up for being able to sign five imports. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not going to touch on the topics that are like the main concerns being voted on Reddit or like pushed by uh, people on like socials just because those are unpopular decisions or like conversations like for them if they were to expand on their reasoning behind it you know, like people won't like it so it's like smart from their end to just avoid it altogether um if they want to push their point yeah uh, I mean, so, so, this probably... so have you gone through all th what what number are we on now mark we're on three bro oh god okay <laughs> i'll go a little you bit speed it up a little bit faster all right, i mean i already told i told andre i told andre we can we'd be a little late so it's i think it's okay but yeah yeah, he doesn't. Uh, so when Rich is talking about how he thinks that NA has actually done a fine job of scouting and development, uh, he, yeah. that's a point that he, he says it thinks it's fine. And to justify that, he said that they've spent roughly a million dollars on their academy team and their their um, amateur teams and stuff like this, um, which just feels kind of misjudging what people are saying about the scene. So here's a couple things I know. When academy started, a number of teams, including TSM and others, who I, I talked to people who were staffed there. Thought Academy was a waste of time. They didn't want to invest in it right when it started. Um, teams didn't think it was going to be worthwhile, uh, and no one wanted to seriously invest in it. 
multiple GMs in the last year I've talked to have told me how atrocious Academy scrim and culture can be and how games just get slipped through. People aren't taking it seriously. You know, like you don't get equal effort put into the Academy system. Yeah. Players talked about, I think on uh, one of the shows that I think either Dom or Ellis or maybe both of them do last week. I forget which one he was on. Crackdown maybe. Yeah. Uh, players in the academy and amateur scene have said that they do not feel well supported. Uh, th- this is something that they've talked about, that they feel passed over by LCS teams pretty frequently. And so when you ask staff, GMs, players, and everyone seems to be saying, at least on some level, that the system is not working that well right now, to then imply that because money has been spent on it, that it must be working well is is such a, I don't know, it just seems like it's totally missing the mark to me. Yeah, no, and... Uh... Uh, Revenge in an interview with me last week also talked about how atrocious scouting is for so many of the teams in the LCS. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've heard that elsewhere as well since then. And so yeah, to your point again, like we aren't great at this. Wait, Raz, I think this was something you wanted to, to talk about. Uh, I mean, there's a whole thing, but on, on the scouting part department, like, yeah. I mean, teams are just not even... One of the big sell point, selling points of franchising is the willingness to take a risk. But then we're still finding that we are our scouting is more reliant on experience from abroad. So if there is a difference between getting a well-experienced player um, that's not an uh, NA versus a player that you think has like real potential, we're still making the same decisions that we made before franchising existed. So like that's... That's one thing that I wanted to put out there. I think this year was an this year was different, um, but yeah, I'll hold. And that's part of it too. It. It's just like it's wild to like a lot of the arguments that Andy puts in this. I think are re- related to like this year or even just like last year. It, okay. Yeah. This this goes directly in my rant. Can okay. I just go for it? Yeah. Fire away now. Okay. So <laughs> this it, it, misdirection was a big thing for me when it came to this letter. Because it's almost as if I came with an argument to you and said, hey, you know what? Our society should be basically run by a dictator who is just like he will make all of our decisions instead of democracy. And you'll be like, that's an awful decision. And then I come out with a letter saying all of the things that are wrong with our current system. It's like, okay, this is all agreeable to us. But then where's your where's your defense for the point that you had just made? Like, where is the like, where is the full defense for like that? Uh, It's such a leap. And so, like, I felt like the community took that bait and started rehashing the same discussions about ping and about, um, like, population size. And when the real thickness of the discussion for me that he kind of he, he put in there, of course, which was the fact that I heavily disagree with North America putting in as much investment in any other region in amateur, in their amateur talent, is anyone going to agree with that, by the way? Like, I'll start with... I think for I think this year has been a big pushing point for amateur like involvement from our LCS teams. Uh, obviously, each team has like a different mentality, and we can go into every discussion. I'll start with TSM. Does TSM have an amateur team? Oh no! Six or a few days before the letter, they made a, a push that they will have like their start their combine for an amateur team. Okay, so like they don't have one. Did they ever have an amateur team? They've done so. They've done scouting previously. I will. I will in, point out. In 2019, they had a juniors team with three players. They made a post that they would be hunting for, like they would be getting, you know, a full team. They'd be performing in amateur events. That didn't happen. They, it, I will say though that 
they still benefited from having that, right? Even without having an actual team, they benefited. Like two of the players they were on that this junior team, by the way, was Johnson and um, blanking on the other one, but that one that one was was important too. Oh, so um, sword, like oh, the right. one who's yeah, swords on their uh, academy team. Johnson's in the LCS. With that little bit of investment, they actually got something out of it. Academy, you're right, Mark. Like organ owners got forced into an academy system. Like a lot of these major teams didn't even want to put investment in it. Speaker right now is in the conversation of like one of the best junglers in the league. And like that was not that's a benefit of that system. Treats is now doing really well in um the yeah. LEC. That is the benefit of the system. And they didn't put even an iota. If we're comparing their investment into it in comparison to like, let's say LPL, like where WE or, or like poorer organizations, by the way, poorer than TSM, like WE is, is not as large as an organization. They have, uh, of course, an LDL team, but like throughout the years, they've had like trainee teams, uh, uh, sister teams that are underneath them. And they have players that would bounce between and like if they if they didn't work for those players then they would of course sell them but if it did work for those players they would move them up into their lpl team and give them a tryout a lot of lpl organizations do this omg does this like there are a lot of orgs that put in that time and investment because they see value out of uh, trying out those players and so like that's me starting with lpl that's the same thing that's in the lc in, in korea Europe is literally right. It feels like every year they're putting in talent coming in from EU Masters, and I know this is a different, um, uh, a different system altogether because they can pull in players from other competitive regions uh, in their ERLs. But then, like, really, this is only a thing that's starting this year, if not like kind of like last year for these teams. And then he's like, "Oh, we've tried." So that's my defense for we have to now look for uh, imports. At least wait. See the yeah. see like what this actually gets for you. You can improve upon the system, and every step in which they are faced with getting an amateur team, amateur team, or like actually pushing and investing in in the scene itself, there has been pushback. And so for me, it's literally a statement. I know this won't be a discussion. Like like this will be the one a one and done letter, and it's not going to be a popular uh, subject for him to hit on or like a lot of the. Or, um, owners with the same mindset, mm -hmm. but like, it's absurd. It's stupid. And I don't want people to take that bait of uh, like the majority of that article where everyone's like, yeah, you know what? I agree with that. Ping and population. Yes, Reggie. And then like leave with this conversation until next year when we start it all again. So yeah. that, that was my biggest, biggest issue with that letter. Um, and I do not want people to run away thinking that North America has actually done as much as other regions on this. Big agree. 100%. Um, I think there's a lot of things that fans are still eager to hear from. And so, uh, like, for example, many fans think that, uh, you know, you won't be able to pull top talent uh, and that, you know, you're going to get teams that are not down one you're going to get worse teams um you know and you're going to be getting quote unquote b tier players or washed not players washed players right not even washed just like you know like serif and ninja and like players mm -hmm. that i don't think were in the peak of their careers when they came over necessarily but like it wasn't chovy it wasn't these these people uh who are dominating the eu the the korean scene um and then there's another argument that fans make that even if you do get down one all the other problems that you outlined in this post still exist 
the North American uh, solo queue is not great, even separate of ping. Then when you factor in ping, it's an issue. Then we talk about like, what about actual coaching and development and these kinds of things? Still not great. So like, even if you got Dom Juan and you let him play for a year, they wouldn't still be Dom Juan that's gonna beat LPL, most people would argue. And that, that was Vulcan's entire tweet. Um, also, people are concerned about the historical parallel to StarCraft II when they opened up the, the import rules uh, for WCS. And I'm not an expert in this. Azale has a great point about it in, in uh, the dive, but again, unaddressed. There's so many points that the community has that are just not addressed. Many worry that the in opening up the amount of imports that people can have will crush any talent further by giving them less opportunities and in the long term hurt the player fan, uh, player base because they don't see as many opportunities. They're not gonna try as hard potentially. People will just go play a different game. They'll play Heroes of the Storm or something, you know, yeah. like uh, unaddressed. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? I, I think the mentality, it goes back to the scouting point is that people want experience and want like guarantees right now. When I'm searching for a player on my LCS team or on my academy, no, academy not so much, but my LCS team, they want results. And so it, it, that's where it comes into uh, that's where it comes into an issue because even though right now we 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 should view you know um, the system we have to allow for long-term investment in our players, that is not the case. I, I would say except for this year, and that's why like yeah, I want to support the teams that are doing it this year, like. Evil Geniuses, 100 Thieves are the, like the first team that are really pushing for the 100 Thieves next. Um, and it's not even as if you're making, um, you're stepping back from being a competitive team on your main team. Your LCS team can be really fucking stacked, but then you're still investing in uh, uh, your academy team, your amateur team. And even if you don't necessarily want to have like an amateur team, like Golden Guardians are their team that's still really, uh, you know, focused on development because they literally have collegiate players on their LCS team. Like, uh, like that's for me. Every team has their own thing, and and I'm fine with that. It makes sense for me. Uh, but I do not like the idea, uh, and that's why I'm focusing on Reggie because he literally made the letter of saying, "Oh yeah, we've tried. Yeah, this is it, it's yeah. The, the boat has sailed. This is over. Uh, we need." experienced players now <laughs> well so stupid. So, yeah and i mean so real quick someone in twitch chat says did we even read reggie's post he says it's not a one fix all solution there's many factors right but the thing is he didn't actually tie how he didn't one address any of the concerns that the community has raised like all the things i just said went unaddressed and two he didn't actually tie in why opening up uh you know getting getting experienced players right now would make you win like, what about the ping problem? How yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I, I took issue with, too, is, like, first off, I promise you, all of us read it, and I think yeah. probably cared more and took Multiple a lot times. more, you know, consideration into it than a lot of the people that probably did just give it, because this is our our goddamn careers, people. Um, but but I think what is fascinating to me, and I know Mark and, and Raz, you kind of hit on this, too, it's like, okay. So you say, like, he, he specifically mentions muscle memory in there. Like, oh, our ping is so high. I know as a former professional gamer that, like, your muscle memory, people will learn to play completely different, et cetera, et cetera. Talks yeah. a lot about how solo queue is bad, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, my question is, if it's not a, like, show me how this fixes all of it. Because if we're bringing in these players who will come in with, like, good muscle memory, having all this great experience, and then we bring them to North America where we put them in a shit situation with bad ping and bad solo queue what are we flipping these players it's like bring them in they'll stick around they'll be good for like one or two years then they degrade yeah then we get them out we bring in more imports because you're going to constantly be bringing them into a flawed system where they're not going to ever improve they're going to get worse 
based on the information he's presenting in this article. Yeah, and honestly, like going back to like Mark pulling the question from Twitch chat, like if if the person actually has like a specific thing that they're complaining about, then please talk about the specifics because it just you're looking bad right now. Um, and like with on Travis, yeah, I mean like that comes back to what our we won't have an idea what the owners are actually advocating for, right? When it comes to like what is our solution? Is our solution to move the server? And of course, like I don't think that should be the solution either. Is the solution that we're pushing for is like move Sharding. to Chicago? Or like go to Chirac, you know what I mean? Go to Chicago, like re uh, get move the uh, professional players. Then okay, like that's an idea, and it shows to me that they're willing to push for that. But you know that has never that's not the push. Like that's that honestly, like I'm not hearing that as the public push from the owners. So they don't want that solution, is what I'm. Like, or at least if they want the I, solution, then want they don't want it hard enough. Like for it, me, it's like what are they actually pushing for? And you're right, I agree with you. If they put in. Put in players who are really talented from region, you're a 60 ping environment, baby. And plus, like, you know, talking about these potential solutions, like sharding is one that I've seen talked about, and it's one that I haven't, I think Riot might have addressed it once, but I honestly don't remember about why they can't do sharding, which is basically when the queue gets made between the 10 players, you're going to end up in the same game. It figures out where the closest server is. And so you set up a West Coast server and, like, the games can be hosted on there. Um, maybe I've sharding. asked for an interview with sharding. them. About it. I've asked I've asked for an interview with them about it, and they declined. So I don't know if they've ever said it publicly. If they have, I'd love to see it. Because even when I asked for the interview, I wasn't directed to any like document public public word on why they couldn't do this. Um, how? Yeah. So we've got. Sorry, we've. Right. I got two two more. Okay, we got through fine. a lot of them. A lot of them were no, just no, no, those it's good. It's good. We've got extra time. I just wanted to make sure. I didn't know what number we were on. Yeah, we, okay. uh, a lot of them were those unaddressed, like, fan concerns about viewership and killing, you know, like, fan interest and this kind of stuff, which which was largely glossed over. Uh, there's a couple other real quick ones, which is, like, um, they talked about wanting to scout other regions, you know, like, oh, we believe talent is, like, borderless, or I forget, forget exactly Universal, what, what yeah. that Yeah, whatever the, the terminology was. Um, but, like, I would be really curious, like, why you think that you're going to be able to find good talent off other ecosystems when you it seems like we can't even really do it that consistently in our own uh and we don't have any networks placed down right now in them i think the korean one would probably be pretty easy to set up because there's a fair amount of korean players in north america who could then help connect you with high layer solo key players but like how are you going to get chinese players who are who could potentially be interested um you know do you have any contacts in the ldl right now that you're going to tap once this rule gets lifted or is this like I, I, there's no game plan. There is no explanation of like, yeah, we, we believe that we can do this kind of thing. Um, there's also the argument being made by other owners around the world that went unaddressed. Carlos and other EU owners have said that this will harm their leagues, them in, in EU and Korea in particular. Um, and uh, this is just another point that just doesn't get talked about. Um, but yet we're talking like this is going to help the, the whole global infrastructure of the scene. Uh, when it seems like it's going to drain talent out of some regions. Um, and then the, the 13th and final point is that TSM and C9 have previously said, hey, we're a global org, and we want to be able to reach our global fans or be able to you know, get players from around the world. Um, and then sometimes they reference like other teams that they have, like their Rainbow Six team or something is Brazilian or whatever the hell. I'm not sure exactly what all their org, uh, other teams are. But I don't see how that has any logical connective tissue to like, LOL being a specifically region-locked ecosystem that uses regional rivalries to push forward its international events. Like, that's a very specific business model that this would destroy. And so I can't tell, are you arguing that you think this is a bad system, that you 
do you want a super league? Like, what do you want if you think that this is because it's going to be gone for in a lot of people's minds that the fans are saying is that they won't feel like regional rivalries anymore. Um, and so I, I'm curious, like, do they think that as well as the fact that I don't understand why TSM thinks that international fans are somehow being gatekept from supporting TSM currently. Like if you're a Korean fan who likes TSM right now, you can still buy their merch. You can still cheer for them. You can still watch their games the same way that I, as a fan of Genji and ruler, can go and watch rulers content i can watch genji videos and i can still be a fan i don't see how removing the import rule opens up fandom anymore when you can be a fan of any team anywhere at any point in the world anytime already so uh i want to just talk about a couple things that i think you can see if you read between the lines on this and then a couple yep. things also that i think are outside of this because i think mark does a great job of pointing out some stuff raz did uh, that that is an address raz did a great job of pointing out some stuff that like perhaps seems misleading uh, or at least, I don't know, convoluted. Some of the things in here that I found interesting are things that people haven't really picked up on it. So one of the things he makes is a bold point. He doesn't bold too much in this. And I, I've never posted Medium before, so I don't know if somebody else was quoting this, but I think he's, he's, he's making it bold. It's not like a Medium thing. In it, he writes, CLG versus TSM used to peak at a oh, 600K concurrence. Where is it now? If the LCS teams can't perform internationally, I believe that fans will lose interest over time. Teams will give up, blah, blah, blah. And then somewhere else in here, he says, let me, let me see if I can have, I have it because I like wrote it down separately. Because uh, he talks a lot about money and business. Teams are currently investing at a major loss because we believe in Riot and we want to make our mark on the global stage and prove, uh, oh, it's right before that sentence. Prove that the LCS is still a premier league for our fans. It's actually right before he says the 600K. So implied in this is this basically this statement of we're investing in a major loss. We used to have a ton of viewers. Viewers are going to stop going. It, it, it literally draws this, this main point here, which is the owners think that the, or at least Andy does, that the, the biggest reason for the LCS dropping in viewership is our world's performance. And I just don't know if that's true. Again, there's no, like, this is part of the problem. There's no data that says this. I think you sometimes see people go out and tweet and Reddit and say like, ah, oh, you know, we lost at worlds or TSM 06 or whatever. Like I'm going to stop watching, but I don't know if that's actually why could league be dropping in, and viewership, I mean, we, in fandom, like we know that a lot of people stopped playing League for a while, I think during the Fortnite days, and I think they've resurged again in North America. But like, did we lose a lot of people that didn't come back during that time because they stopped playing League? Did we, I don't know, did, are there, are, is the broadcast, like we've all complained about the broadcast, mm -hmm. Mark less because he's on it. Like, no, is there a chance that uh, like a, a poor broadcast experience is part of it, right? There's all these different things. Maybe our interviewers that do third-party media content suck. You know, there's all sorts of reasons why viewership could be going down. And to just sort of uh, throw it out there like, like this is the reason why um, <laughs> is really concerning to me because you actually might be going in the opposite direction. Maybe it's a thing where people don't feel like like we have too much we have too much stuff. Raz, you want to say something? He's got. Yeah, yeah, first of all, yeah, I would agree with Travis on the t discussion about third-party uh, media. media. Yeah. yeah, Travis Gafford. Uh, but mostly on the topic of like, yeah, are we talking long-term engagement? Are we talking about the fact that it's like short-term where 
in COVID time, LEC has been putting their broadcasts like um, in studio. So they've really had like a studio engagement. That one's been a lot easier for viewers. Also, like I do agree, like I would imagine a portion of the viewership comes down to the fact that like no internationals would be like um, uh, daunting for viewers, or, like unmoving for viewers. Um, and another thing as well, like, yeah, North America has been online for a long time. Like our entire broadcast is online. Like we don't we don't have the, the like yeah. But we we dipped pretty hard from six hundred k viewers before we went online. I mean, so there's a lot of reasons it could. I mean, you you tweeted the video of a streamer talking about why he stopped watching LCS, and he said that like the player turnover was yeah, too high. Yeah, I told him teams. to call in. Yes. All right, so maybe we'll get a call from him. But um, at the very least, it shows that there are other reasons beyond international performance. And it's it's not that it doesn't matter. I'm sure a lot of fans are like, man, we just suck. I don't want to watch. Maybe there's, I'm sure there's a portion of that. But the, the big question is, what portion is, is that? And, you know, are you going to gain more viewers? And two, like if you lift the import rule, and two, are you even going to win? Which is the other big part of that equation. You actually still need to win then. Otherwise, you if you're still the fourth best major region, it's still not going to feel that great. Uh, and so, like, why is it dropping is a big question. I mean, NA has never been competitive internationally, if we're being honest. Uh, we've had good runs. I mean, like, you know, 2018 Worlds, 2019 MSI, 2016 MSI. I guess you could argue 2014 Worlds, potentially. Like, we've had good moments. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we've, we've never won a semifinals. Here, so, so to kind of go back to, to what you were saying, Mark, uh, I, we, we did this episode of Run It, Tim and I did. That was about player turnover. I'm going to see if I can play it without audio coming up. Uh, looks like I can. Okay, so this is just a clip, like a little mock, a mock edit on it. There's a world where if you think that there's a good chance that player or that v people are stopping to watch because their favorite players are retiring or there's so much turnover, like if you look at this chart that I'm playing right now on screen, it's a clip from Run It, you'll see just how crazy the turnover has been. And so if my concern is that Riot, or sorry, the owners might be completely wrong on this topic. It could be that roster instability and so many teams going in and out and big players retiring is part of the reason. And if we go even further and start replacing these players even more and create even more instability and turnover in the league, like you'll actually be, you know, if, you're, if your intent is to bring viewership up, there's a chance that what you'll actually do is bring viewership down because you'll you'll decrease retention even more. Thank you. You'll yeah. decrease retention even more. And so that's like a huge part of it. So later on, I, I, I'm going to spin this off into a separate topic on Hotline League. We've got somebody calling in. It's, I put the clip on that, that Twitter that uh, Mark referenced. But I think, I think this is a huge part of the reason why viewership is going down. Yeah, I think um, one thing that a lot of the most popular players in the league back in the day, they streamed a lot. Um, and maybe that's still happening. I mean, I, I admit I'm not as in touch with the Twitch scene as, as I was, but like mm -hmm. Skara, Sneaky, Meteos, uh, Doublelift, Bjergsen, um, you know, everyone, all of TSM streamed a ton. Um, like there was, there was an insane amount of streamers. And so like people grew connected through that. Um, I think some of it, like you said, is, is it's remote. You know, you don't get to see the fun interactions between players that used to exist. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no franchise like rivalries anymore between players because they've played with half their, the other players in the league already. So one of the things he also mentions on here, uh, that's kind of riff off of this is like, he says second, our fans have been incredibly accepting of players such as Bjergsen, Santorin, Jensen, Impact, Gorgia J, Perks, Svenskar, and Lost Boy. 
So true. But here's the thing. Would Bjergsen be as famous and as popular if he, as he was if he was not dropped into a roster that consisted of Dyrus, uh, oh, an odd one, I think, was, was who was there, uh, Wild Turtle, and Expecial. Like, four players that had been on this roster who were North American and had, like, gone and won a whole bunch of stuff, had done all this content around themselves, etc. I do not think that Bjergsen would be as famous and accepted by American fans North American fans, if it was he was part of like five European players coming over that year. Well, and I mean it's survivorship bias. You're taking the players who did continue to do well in North America, and fans did become, you know, have grown an affinity to over time. You can't just take them now and say, "Look, fans love them." Um, look at all the examples that fail. I mentioned like Ninja, like a lot of the TDK players. You look at some of the Coast guys who came over. Like, is there people who are like, "Yeah, I'm Paler," and like stuff like that. You know, like, what about those players who came over, played North America for two or three splits, and then dipped out? Like, did, was that better for the scene long term than, uh, you know, people who are native to the scene? I don't know. But at the very least, like, you can't just pick the players who fans did appreciate because they did well and they played here for four years and then say, like, look. It's like, but, and as, as I said, fans actually like that. Fans, as far as I can tell, are for path to permanent residence. They, they like that, you know, that people do become kind of the North American, like impact to a lot of people is a North American. He's played here longer than Korea at this point. On the other um, hand, you had Crepo who came over for a very short time. <laughs> now he's in my like Twitch that. chat. He's been talking for the past 15 minutes. No one's even like paying attention to it. You know, oh I'm my just, I'm God, just you're going to flame him like that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, some people are like, oh, of course he would because like he won a ton and that's like a huge thing. But like, guys, I, that's not he. You people were showing people forget that back in that day, Bjergsen came over and was immediately incredibly popular in part because he was dragged and dropped into this really well-known team of four people. It's it's the offline TV effect. Offline, Broden, Plett, my creative director, now has yeah. over seventy-five thousand Twitter followers because he's been he's part of he just does like video work now with offline TV. He's going to become more famous than me. Not to say that I'm very famous. And I'm incredibly yeah, envious and upset about it. And it's all because of the network effect of him being a part of this, you know? Same same with me. I mean, I was like, I think like 30, 40K. And then I, I worked with them for a year and a half. And I shot up to like 80. And I'm like getting close to 100K now. But it's like, it takes Broden, a much longer. Me. Yeah. Call me Broden. <laughs> Broden, put us in an offline TV video for no fucking reason, bro. Uh, let me know. Uh, but yeah, I think you guys are hitting, of course, on the, on the, on the popularity factor and like the viewership factor for me, like... I would agree on the sense of success being a large impact in viewership. I think the idea, like, just as a conclusion to my overall point, they haven't even made it, like, a, a large enough effort. Like, before um, 19, 2019, it just didn't exist. Like, I, like, I would just outright say it, other than the them drag, like, teams dragging their feet on Academy. Um, so, it's just, it's insane to believe it. There are already so many, like, young uh na talent or just like young talent in general in the lcs and that's all we really wanted like the first step was just to have young talent in the lcs to challenge really the old veterans and i know that's obviously going to push uh, uh popularity down like viewership down if you just lose those kind of like type of veterans like like a sneaky uh to a younger ad carry that has like a higher ceiling uh that would be the idea it, but you move your you know, you, you move your org and you move the region forward. 
so you can actually have a stronger or a different international showing. Like if you just have ship the same team again the world, you're going to probably get the same experience. If you ship, uh, uh, of course, if you work, while of course having a competitive roster, like a strong roster, whatever that may be, have a strong academy. Uh, uh, and I mean, when I say academy lineup, I also mean the coaching staff. So I really got to give a lot of credit to uh, 100 Thieves and C uh, Cloud9 for exactly that. I think they're doing a, a great work with that. Um, so then you can have a strong academy system, a strong amateur system, and it's a long-term development. So you get to the point where you're picking up a player, not having to, and this you know, may be in the back of their mind, spend millions abroad for that when you can really work on a franchise player within your organization. And then, uh, you know, A, we would push the region forward and you would probably be just as successful. Like, if we're just talking about, if you're comparing what we've already done in the LCS and where the current player is, like, I keep using TSM as an example because we're literally off of TSM. Like, once again, Spica has been a, an amazing jungler for TSM. And I don't think he would have gotten this opportunity at all if it wasn't for the import rule. If the import rule didn't exist, like for me, would that even be a, a potential? Obviously, that's speculation. But based off of what you know, TSM and what uh, LCS, uh, larger LCS organizations have done in the past, I honestly do not believe that would be the case. And so I just think we should make it so the audience, the fans, push organizations to really invest in young talent and reward them when they do that. Uh, you know, so that's that's a culture change that I think we need. Okay, so. We're way over time. Andre yeah, is waiting to come on the show. I've got a couple quick things to run down at the end of this conversation. One, I'm going to do it here rather than the start of the show, but from here on out on the show, because I think Riot tends to have this philosophy of like, and by the way, this is my thing. Don't blame Mark. Uh, Riot has tends to have this philosophy of, ah, we'll just wait for the media cycle to run over and we don't need to actually make a statement or comment on something. They do this on a lot of things, especially on the esports side. I'm tired of it. So I'm going to hold Riot accountable in a very little way at the start of every hotline league. Now I will just say how long it has been since they refused to comment on this big issue. So actually the first time I reached out to them was February 1st. It's now March 1st. It has been one month since Riot refused to comment on this stuff. We'll do this for however many episodes it fucking takes. Secondly, uh, I do want to say, I talked a little bit at uh, the beginning of, or on Friday about, my concerns or some people's concerns around me being LCS blacklisted and also that some teams were telling me, sorry, we media LCS media were told that players and owner and uh, staff would not be commenting on stuff that does not, that owners don't want them to around the support stuff, essentially saying that some people were being, were going to be silenced. I even had it happen once to me on uh, the previous weekend. I can now report. I did interviews with eight out of 10 teams. The only two teams that I did not get interviews with this past weekend uh, were TSM, and Dignitas. Note on Dignitas, I asked for Dardock, and uh, Dardock is a little hard to to get a hold of. So so far, I'm, sh I'm sure after their losses too, that was yeah, not yeah. A, those are not fun losses. So 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 far, well, I asked for him on on Friday too, but regardless, um, it looks like I'm good with at least eight out of ten teams, maybe nine out of ten. The TSM thing doesn't surprise me that much. Uh, third, uh, Jack and I had a conversation yesterday on Reddit. He says that he's down to do something with Mark and I and maybe somebody else sometime soon, some sort of roundtable discussion. So hopefully we can talk about that. And then uh, finally, uh, Darshan talked to me this today. They, I had previously said that the Players Association was not planning on making a statement or doing an interview. 
he and I have an interview planned for tomorrow. We'll see if it ends up happening, but Players Association apparently going to speak on this now. So those are your updates on all this stuff. Uh, thank you so President much. Josh on in action. Yeah. Oh, one there. thing. One thing I took a note on. I forgot to bring. I do actually think it is worth talking more about, like, if this import stuff got lifted, would it be worth it for teams to... Basically, I need to learn a little bit more about what happened with Valiant and Overwatch League, where they it's an LA-based team, but they, like, took co-ownership with some Chinese company, and I think that team moved to China and now fields all Chinese players. Again, some people raised this concern before around, like, will LCS organizations get bought out by foreign uh, organizations, possibly even China, and then field entire rosters made up of, of players from that region? So I think it's something worth talking. Uh, thanks so much, Raz, for coming on the pre-show. Thank you. Yeah. the pre-show. Um, we're going to take a, a quick break. This is all going to stay in the thing because we don't, we don't, we're not going to add We don't care. Yeah, but, we're Raz, thanks so much. I mean, yeah. Are you staying on, Raz? The way you said we was funny. All right, peace. You need to bite yourself on the... Raz, do you want to shout anything out? Oh, shout out to Mr. Razzleplasm. And shout out to the Unified Grand Prix and Amateur Tier 1 event that's going to be... That's actually already had their games played today. And tomorrow's going to be Losers Finals. Um and the day after that's going to be the grand finals. Please pay attention to that. On the topic of amateur talent. There we go. Sweet. Take it easy, guys. Thank See you. Ya. Thank you. Bye. And uh, shout out to Tidy Cats. Okay. Uh, Raz is gone. Where Where's our friend Giotto? I think he, Giotto? I think he left. Giotto? Did he give up on us? He said, fuck these guys. Uh, let's see if he's added me on Skype yet. I don't know what his Discord tag is. I tried to add him in a... Oh. <laughs> he says, added you on he Skype. Said, you said he, he can't join the Discord. Wait, what? Uh, He just needs to... Oh, he can't join our channel, but he just oh. needs to join a different channel. We can pull him in. Yeah, uh, if you can join one of the, the Pleb Calls channels, I will save you from the, the masses. Also, he says he added me on Skype. I need him to, uh, to just shoot me a message or something because I'm not... I'm not seeing it. Well, Mark, do you want to do you want to coordinate with him while I read off some subs just so that we don't have dead air? Um, he can't join any channel. Did we ban him? <laughs> I don't know why we we would have. I mean, if he can see that the server, he should be able to join a channel on it. Uh, oh, he's in he's in the the one of the channels. We can move him in. Wait, where is he? I don't see him. He's down at the bottom. Hello. Oh, you got him. Holy shit, man. <laughs> welcome welcome everyone can hear you so uh you know feel you know if you need to cuss that's fine but uh oh sorry just, you, just you're your, good no you're good i don't you're know good. man it's i couldn't a... join any any channel i don't know why i just yeah, it's all good can i you can't imagine a, a more i can't imagine a more lec way to join this call than to be, just say holy shit man can you um can you shoot me a message on skype you said you added me I, uh, but for some reason yeah. it's not popping up maybe if you just shoot me a message it'll show up in my chat uh stuff um, while that is happening, let me switch over your. Uh, while he's idea. he's filling random stuff, uh, how are you doing, dude? Sorry, we we went twenty four minutes over. No, it was it was an interesting conversation. I liked to hear it at least. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm doing fine. Nice. Uh, is there any worse? Yeah. Uh, is there anything that we should bring up? Because I don't know if there's a reason 
like, is there something you want to talk about in the show? Is there anything that, that's a hot button issue that Gil Hoto wants to talk about before we, you know, dive into callers and stuff? Because since we're a little late, I'll probably get going on the callers faster. I mean, not, not really, to be fair. I think that the only hot topic that has been going around was talked already. So I, I, at least from my side, there's not much. Um, so if I, you want to go to callers or if Travis so I'm gonna wants call to talk you, about I'm gonna, something. I'm going to call you on Skype right now, uh, Andre, if you can just answer, but immediately mute your Skype um, okay. webcam, so, or not webcam, uh, microphone so that we don't get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, the other hot topic a little bit, though it is somewhat self, self-centered, self was the, the jungle power ranking list. I assumed I was going to have to defend that from a caller at some point, so keep uh... <laughs> I didn't see it, to be fair. Oh, you didn't? I put I put closer eighth and uh it was a through the first nine games only, no regular season, not rating based off my own perception of his skill, but just his first nine games. You had to know you uh, were gonna get blowback well, for that. Or you just assumed that people would be uh, Oh I knew I knew people to... were gonna be fucking mad about it. <laughs> Maybe I that's mean, why you did it, no? <laughs> no, I mean, dude, who wants to sign up to get flamed by the entire community? Like, everyone, like, it's not a hard thing to, to come up with a safe list. You know, like, okay, put Blabber at the top, Santorin, probably Closer, uh, then Dardox, Sven, Spica in some order, you know, there, based off personal opinion. Yeah, I would I would probably just be, like, faster on putting Santorin, not, not eighth, right? But, like, a bit lower than just closer a bit lower, to be fair. Because I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like TL can perfectly win without Centaurin, but if Closer is not having like one of the best games of his career, then 100 Thieves has a really hard time. Okay, yeah. I'm going to officially start the show now, guys. Ready? Here oh, we go. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to start it. No, well, I mean, we were on pre-show, right? So, okay. And hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League episode 162. There's no reason for me to have done a dramatic re-entrance, but I'm doing it now because whatever. Uh, hopefully, if you decide to skip the... Uh, pre-show uh, part of the YouTube and the podcast and all that stuff. You can you can catch us now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go around and, and talk to our, our host and our guest tonight. But first, thank you to Alienware and Gamefield for sponsoring the show. We will talk more about them later. Mark, how yeah. you been? Good. Uh, I mean, we were in the middle of discussing uh, the tier list stuff, so we'll see. Maybe we'll get back into it later. Maybe not. I'll have to see if it's a, a caller comes in or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, how? What? Anything interesting happened to you this week besides that? Uh, Getting flamed by the community? No. I've, no, I've been playing so. Valheim for the past uh, for an insane amount of hours over the past couple of days, and uh, I think you had played it. Yes. Yeah, I played Valheim. I, I slowed it down on it a lot. I need a game to like listen to audiobooks to while I play, and it was a pretty good one. Nice. Well, either way, I'm playing with uh, a group of friends, including Kelby, and so that's been quite fun. Next, let's go ahead and introduce our guest co-host for tonight. It is Andre Gio, 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 Gio. Yeah, nice help, help me out here. How do we do no, it? Man, it's it's Gilot. It's Portuguese. Like the LH, it's so hard to say. I don't expect anyone to get it right. I don't even get mad at it anymore. You know, just just call me Andre. Like Travis, just, okay. just Andre. We got Andre here, whose <laughs> tag is Gioto. Uh Obviously, people might know you as IMT coach, but for the folks that don't watch LEC, do you want to talk about your your history? Um, yeah, so uh, I started in coaching my university, basically. 
Um, and then I went through Portuguese League, Spanish League, won everything in Spain with Giants. Then I went to Schalke, uh, spent a year a year in Schalke. Then franchising hit, or no, franchising hit before I went to Schalke. I don't know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, didn't Schalke come in as part of franchising, or am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, but then it's like, no, actually franchise hit after Schalke. Mm. Um, actually, I was with Krepa Schalke. He's like... He actually like helped me a lot. Now that he's in chat, I can I can tell him you did. Beat, it's not like you beat me in poker, Mitch. You just like you were so annoying at poker that I was just tilt and then lose. But he was oh, good. That, are you the head. reason he's he's never been in our chat before? And now I I guess you're the reason <laughs> you summoned him. No, no, I don't know. But after Schalke, it was a franchise, so I think Schalke did something very very well. I think Mitch also had something to do with it, which which was. Um, every contract that they signed for that year was basically allowing players to win French and coaching staff when franchising hit to look for new opportunities. And that's what I did. And then I was two years in, in origin. So three years in LEC, two finals to coach off the split, and then came to NA. Very good. Well, there you go, everybody. And I think you've been on some other stuff before. I, I was warned about having you on here because at one point in time, apparently you tore into Ender on a live broadcast. And so yeah. I'm very terrified. I hope you'll be <laughs> nice to us. You know, Mark and I were both friendly people. Uh, all the callers, they're great people. Uh, no need to... Um, I mean, no need to, he, was to... On a, he was on one of our, our, our MSI ones, yeah, remember? Yeah, he was... No, it was Rift Rivals, right? Rift Rivals? Yeah. 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 And that show didn't end, so it was... <laughs> or at least with me, you know? Yeah, very, very good. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you, you killed Rift Rivals. That's what you did. Yes. We didn't have one last year. Yes. Anyway, uh, I oh, mean, last year Rift Rivals, we didn't have um, one last year. Yeah, because no, no, two years ago, two years yeah. ago. Sorry, 2019. Yeah. It was a very weird one because uh, I I was very very surprised with it was my first big shock with the let's say well, uh, my camera is like fucking up yeah, you're with good. like the NA the NA mentality where. It was basically after the split that G2 just had one MSI. And there was at least one team that was basically saying uh, they don't want to scrim LEC teams because they don't want to give away their secrets. And that to me showed me, I mean, to be honest, like there's MSI champions here and if you kind of have that mentality, something is going kind of wrong. Yeah. So that was like the first shock that I had. And then, of course, the whole Rift Rivals was it like just everyone it's kind of troll picking and still beating NA team. So, I mean, from a new team, it was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, happy to have you here and to talk, talk about how your your world joining LCS has been. Actually, maybe that's a quick question we can ask before we get into callers. But what has it been like for you? I mean, you said that was your first exposure to the LCS mentality. Now you're part of the LCS. So how, yeah. what has it been like for you since you've been here? Has it even been, I, has it been tough? I don't know. I, I don't think it was tough. I think that it did change a bit. Um, some of the things that you guys talked on, on the pre-show with uh, uh, teams investing uh, less and, and whatnot. Um, I think that that was something that that was actually probably the main reason why I decided to um, take the Immortals project instead of instead of one of the offers in EU, because it opened up to um, building up kind of my own 
stuff, and that's something that I wanted above above everything. But I do think that the main difference that it is from those Rift Rivals to now is probably coaching staffs, where I think that uh, at least this year with uh, Peter coming and, and Alfonso coming, um, even even to a certain extent, uh, Sharks and, um, and Kanani, I think that... Uh, For a second, I thought you were going to only name LEC coaches. You're like, the coaching's yeah, gotten did. way and better now that we got these no, LEC No, no, and I did, and it's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I stand by that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, obviously, it's not like NA didn't have uh, decent coaches before, you know? I think that uh, Rainover and uh, and uh, Andy Nero are two of the ones that at least I have I have great respect for. But now there are more, you know? Yeah. Um, and especially, and especially in academy, I also see that a bit more. So it it it, it has been different. But man, my camera is like trolling me. I'm tilting so hard. <laughs> Dude, yeah, camera. I know, like, I know. Your camera's so drunk. Cringe. Maybe maybe turn off the light, oh. or the overhead light, or something. I think it might be the lighting in the room. That All right, let's see. It. We're um, interviewing a uh, a blurry pixel. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, let's man, see. it's actually like EU cam. Yeah, yeah. E EU cam. It's no, like but, the. Uh, uh, the TSM oh. cameras, their <laughs> their stuff has been really, really wonky as well. Work. Know. Maybe maybe wipe the is the lens dirty at all? I don't know. No, I don't know. I think it's just like Skype sucks, man. Well, while that oh, is oh here going we go. On... <laughs> oh, well if you, if you want, we can also just post a picture of you up. I don't know if that'll be better. I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know yeah. if this keeps that way. Probably yeah, it's yeah. better. That's but weird. anyway, anyway, I think that like. It's it, it has been different for sure since the past two years. I think that like probably after this worlds was the main year that something else something actually was tried to be done in order to turn things around. But it kinda disappeared really fast. Yeah. So maybe now it gets a bit worse. I still think that problems like there's no rivalry um in in the league i think that c9 tsmtl are really not a rivalry between each other at all um and the fact that um broadcast obviously i was a bit and still am a bit critical of and i think that there is a difference do you think uh, it's the people on that, the analyst but... desk that are the biggest issue uh for the broadcasts uh, Anyone in particular that's bringing down the broadcast? Uh, the no, I, I don't think I don't think it's like a person in particular. I think that, for example, when it comes to casting, Captain Flowers is insanely, insanely good, um, and I think that uh, I hope I don't pronounce her name wrong. Litigress is also doing very well, but I think that the whole uh, how, how do I say it? The whole um, program that there is around the LCS is. Um, is is a bit lacking yeah like in lec obviously you have the the pre-show and as Raz said when when um when you're when you're on the studio it's way easier but also the the post-game lobby it's something like extremely extremely interesting and not seeing those kind of things and then seeing some um some like weird mistakes like we had during our during our tournament where people where broadcast was just saying that xerxes is the one not here and whatnot just shows that maybe some more research and whatnot can be done. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it, it takes time. Like I, something that I realized from being here is that NA has so many issues. It's not like you doesn't, you know, you, you has a lot of issues as well, but NA has so many and people expect them to be fixed like so instantly 
that then is just you never fix an issue before moving to the next one. You just try to fix everything at the same time, and that obviously won't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into the calls because I know we uh, we have to. We've, we've, we're running a little late. I do want to get a chance Alrighty. for people to ask. Andre I will stuff. speed run the intro for people who have never seen the show before. It is a live call and show. I'm spamming Discord in the Twitch chat. Uh, go ahead, join up there. When you get there, join the pleb calls or pleb calls to voice channels. Mute once you get in there. And then up above that in the pleb topics text channel, you'll go ahead and write what it is you want to talk about. And if I like it, I'll pull you into the waiting room where you'll hang out till it's your turn. We'll do an audio check. And then assuming everything's good, we'll get you on air talking with Andre. Very good. And uh, while Mark is doing that, uh, I'm going to read off some subs. Let's no see, offense got... to Mark, by the way, on the broadcasting. Like, it's I've too late. He's already out. No, I can't hear you. Here, and you should always be. You should always be <laughs> fine. Okay, he's back. Let's shut up. Okay. Uh, Draver is here. Draver, where are you calling from? Uh, Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, and well, uh, I'm sure you have an idea on what the LCS should do. Um, what <laughs> What is What is your call about tonight? My call is basically just about, I think EG is like not a good team and they're just like being hyped up, like, you know, falsely, I guess you'd say. I feel like definitely, first of all, it's just, he's not actually good. He's just like stable, like KDA kind of player, I guess you'd say. He, he gets these giant leads and you just never see him take over a game like, you know, spend on MF or something like that. Plus, Jazuke, I genuinely think he's trolling and does not take LCS seriously. This guy, like, it looks like he just tilts off the planet, even on his cam. Like, he just looks like he's not interested. So, like, obviously, I'm, you know, speculating. I don't know. But he just, he doesn't, I don't know. He's just trolling a lot of the time, it feels like. Sven Skarin, the same, like, I don't know, he seems like he's fallen from grace since C9. And it just feels like Impact is honestly trapped. It looks like he's trying so hard, and he, he's just trapped. And basically, I think they'll get to playoffs, but get 3-0. Like, I don't think they're actually a title contender, even though people are saying, you know, they are. Wait, who, who's saying EG is a title contender? Well, I, I guess... Title contender might not be like the right word, but people are like, people are saying, "Oh, they're in contention." I, I like, I guess you just see it like on, no one noteworthy. I guess just, like Twitter, you know, maybe stuff like on like talk shows. Like, I mean, so EG did to to your credit, caller. The EG did get a lot of hype, especially early on. People felt really good about Deathly's performance, especially in lock in, and I think people people were pretty excited about them then. I do think that people's passion around them has somewhat uh, chilled since that time uh i yeah i think that's fair uh, but i just oh sorry you go no go ahead i was just gonna say i still feel like even now they're <clears throat> like people are like oh are they gonna bounce back and stuff it's just like i don't think there was a bounce back i think that in lock they were versing academy rosters like imt was using you know their academy roster for a bit teams that like just came together and whatnot and even though they did they're like all veterans so it wasn't as big as a you know shift so I think they just like took, you know, they had like an advantage there, but this team was just like never a top team. You know what I mean? Like that, at least in my opinion, I feel like it's just impact that's a solid player. And then like, sometimes you get that Jazuke they'll carry, but most of the time it just seems like you're getting a trolling Jazuke, 
with an 80 carry that just will never carry you. Just be safe. You know, a stable guy. Mark, uh, before I throw the color to the wolves with Andre, who I feel like has some big opinions, uh, <laughs> what what do you think? What do you think of of the take in EG right now? I mean, I kind of agree with like the what Andre was saying. If who's calling them top four? I mean, even even Empire in the chat was like, "Who's hyping us?" Like, I think um, there was a bit. Of, I think it's fair that there was some at the start of the split where uh, they were, you know, it was locking. There were a lot of teams that weren't looking great. But they were doing well, and people were just like, hey, this is better than what they thought initially the, the thing was going to be. And I think they were 3-1 in their group. I think they finished first in it, technically. Yeah. And then they busted out at, right after that. So, like, okay. Uh, after that, I think they came down to earth a little bit. And since then, people have been, like, playoff-bound team, middle of the pack, unless something changes. Um, so that's that's where they land for me. Uh, and so there's, sense, I mean, there's like, a couple things in there, though, Mark. Like, for instance, the uh, caller Draver was saying that he thinks Sven Skarin is just, like, kind of fallen off. High had him number two on the jungle power rankings. You had him number three. Uh, I get that you were somewhat trolling with yours. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, it is, do we really think Jazuke, for instance, is just, like, does it care about LCS? Like, there's a lot to dig into on that side of the, the call, right? Holy. I mean, I don't want to, like, I don't know Jazuke at all. I don't know if I've ever fucking said a word to Jazuke. So, like, nice I, I'm probably the worst person in the world to, like, look at his webcam and be like, I, I know what he's thinking. Like, I, I know him pretty well. All right, is he trolling? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I worked with him for a year in Giants. He's actually, like, someone that I call kind of, like, a close friend something that I that I care about and I really like him. I think that he's just someone that he's he's not going to be a power of evil, you know? He he's mm -hmm. not going to be someone that like always perform well. Like Jizuke is probably including with perks the player that has the highest heights or the mid laner that has the highest heights, but also probably the mid laner that has the lowest lows. And that's just that's just Jizuke, you know? Is it's not like he doesn't care. Sometimes he'll 1v9 in the game. Sometimes he will just lose you the game. Is that someone that you want to have on a team? Like a lot of mid laners in the LPL are somehow similar, but the team adapts very well to that to that style. Um, EG, in order to adapt well to that style, we probably need more, um, more practice. I, I think that the only take that I agreed from you is probably like Sven Skeren. When he's rated as second or third jungler, I think that that's, yeah, that's an overrating. But the rest of it, like, I don't know. I don't see anyone putting EG as, as a contender. Um, I think that I think that it's, like, reasonable that people expect him to make playoffs. And that uh, with... And the only argument that you can give, I think, is just... Is what the way that they are performing um, acceptable between comas? with the money that they are investing in this team that's the only take that you can go but in yeah. terms of like if they are if they are not a contender i don't think anyone argues with that honestly for me the way that i see g especially with like peter and 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 kelsey coming in it's it's more of uh rebuilding the whole organization and if they are successful in that and with the staff that they have they should be then it's fine but uh, i don't think i mean if if they are planning to be contenders to up this year, then then yeah, then it's just I think that's not. Um, I don't think that's their idea, or yeah. at least if yeah. it is, it's like it would be like an overachievement in a way. I mean, Mark, you you put Spencer in number three. 
Andre disagrees with you. He says it's an overrating. <laughs> okay. I would put it like number six, maybe. Mark, would you put him? What do you think of putting him number six? I mean, I, I obviously I disagree. I mean, I put him third. Uh, <laughs> so like, I, we can talk about that if you want. I think uh, I think Spence Garen has a bit of a difficult job having to play around uh, Jazuke. I think, like Andre's saying, he's going to take a lot of risks. And I think if you're going to lean into that style, you can't necessarily go for like optimal pathing and like stuff like that. I think you have to be ready to like scrap mid whenever the scrap comes. And so I think he's been pretty good at that. I think he's largely done a decent job supporting Jizuke. Um, as that's what I see a lot of the, the early game stuff being played around. So that's why I thought he was good. I thought he was doing a good job of doing what the team wanted him to do. And it was, it was pretty proactive. Uh, he was, uh, I mean, obviously I like stats. That's not a surprise. And I think he was, I, I haven't, I don't remember them anymore because it was nine games instead of 12. But he was, I think, top three in kills and assists at 15 overall. I'd have to, I think, let me pull him up again. Let me double check. Well, regardless, while you're pulling them up. He was second, actually. Cloud, uh, so Blabber's running over the whole fucking game. Blabber's a fucking madman. Blabber's the greatest jungler North America has ever seen. True. Uh, and then uh, Sven Skaren was actually second in kills and assists at 15, um, which, yeah. you know. But isn't isn't uh, isn't EG also the number one or number two team with most kills and assists, and then they just like throw their lead? Uh, let me double check that. Uh, I don't think they all were. Because like, but... I'm also I'm also coming out of like my memory, you know, and yeah, maybe yeah. I'm mixing up uh, like uh, non-stage games and stuff. But that's how I always felt. I mean, that's one of the things that I think is always interesting when you talk about tier lists is. Um what people are pulling from. So like, are you rating stage games? Are you rating based off your opinion? Because you guys play what? Twice as many scrims? Three no, times I'm definitely going on my opinion. You know, that's yeah. why I'm not coming here as like, uh, no, I'm definitely right and you're wrong on that aspect. It's more like, I honestly didn't look at the stats and that's just like my opinion. It's not like a, it's like that and that's it, you know? It's just, yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, Things are and, getting I mean, hot on this show as Andre <laughs> I mean, and Mark. No, I'm pretty sure he's right. I'm, at I each other's throats. I fucking hate this site. Hold on. I'm trying to limit the game range from 12 games to nine. I forget how to do it. Hopefully you're not talking about uh, Tim's amazing site. No, uh, no, not Tim's. This is the right one. The right one's actually pretty robust. Okay, I got it. Um, no, it didn't work. I'm sorry if I'm wasting If No, no, one no it's fine. We'll just we'll... I love stats so like if you ask me to do something like this here gonna... well i'll i'll say goodbye to the comment I mean, while stats, you look it up stats, has, stats, stats are really nice but have you ever tried to interpret stats uh no i hate that i oh. actually just like to look at one stat and so when i see closer was you know highest in xp differential i just took it at his word and i didn't look at the fact that he actually was playing with the mid laner with the lowest xp differential in the league in demonte oh. and i didn't actually so check just it. like takes mid base yeah did you actually know that he has the highest a uh, percentage of farm not from jungle camps of junglers. Uh, he has to tax. He's got a tax, you know. But you know, I just I just look at one stat. I don't actually try and find correlations uh, at all. That's not me. I don't look at the fact that his bot lane has the highest bot four percentage in the league. Uh, it's also the uh, you know biggest CSD when you take out their Senate games in the league, and the fact that they have bot priority. And then you know when you talk about objective control and you give all the credit to the jungler, I think that's a little weird. 
if <coughs> if uh, I could uh, interrupt, I don't know what? about that. It's not it's not as no, easy. No, you can't, Trevor. No, I don't. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I, I went off on my tangent. Go ahead, go wait one second, Trevor. Andre, did you want to reply? No, it's just like it's so basically. It, the, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. It, it seemed like the point that you're making is so their their botlane is very good, so their jungler has to be bad. No, that's no, why no, it's no. safe place because no. their botlane is good. No, I don't think closer's bad. I think, um, and I want to be clear about that. A couple of things that people have, you know, gotten confused about, you know, maybe for me not being clear or what, but I don't think closer's bad. I think he's really good. I think there are things that he does that's really good in the games. Um, like, I actually think he plays around his priority really, really well and not just around objectives, but like mm -hmm. cra crashing waves to th threaten dives and push people off. Um, being able to use that vision control, like to help snowball someday so he's safe to keep like playing. I think he does a lot of that stuff really well, but I think a lot of the advantages that um, Hundred Thieves do get are, are a team thing. And I think, you know, playing a ton of Olaf, I think he's played like at that point was like five Olaf games, three Talia games, while having um, the lowest kills and assists. Uh, this is a stat that people don't know that I, I found later was like, he's tied for the lowest kills and assists all time LCS through the first 10 games. Like, I, I think, uh, I think if you're going to pick Olaf and do a lot of full clears and play around priority to, to go get objectives and that's your team's game plan, that's fine. But I don't think that that's a, a super difficult play style. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of junglers in the LCS, if they had a bot lane that, that had that much priority, could, could do that. And that's that was basically the crux of my argument. I, I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, okay. and that, that was the crux of my argument. Is I think, like, if you were Jose Diodo, like, no, no, no flame at FlyQuest bot lane, but, like, those guys are getting, like, the first, like, six games, they're getting crapped on. And so, like, when you're trying to rate what a jungler is doing in the game, for me, it really comes down to, like, what is he working with? And that's um, something where it's, like, I bet a bunch of junglers would love to be able to go take Dragon, like, in that Dignitas game that happened this weekend. This doesn't count my, when I was rating him, but, like, I feel like that Dignitas game this weekend, they ran at Dragon three times in a row, you know? And it's, like, how many teams have that luxury? And I, I don't think, you know, like, Xersei could do that. I don't think a lot of people have that. And I think, you know, well, According to, to our caller, not EG. <laughs> yeah. So like that's that was the base of my argument. Not that he's bad, not that you know he's he's the reason that Hundred Thieves is struggling. Who he, by the way, has stopped roaming. Demonte's mid champ pool is an issue. Like they don't fight. It's not just him. I don't want to ever point it that way. I just think that you know what, what happened through the first nine games was was replicatable by most junglers in the league. Okay. Okay. Uh Dravor, you can yep. now speak. <laughs> okay, thank Sorry. you. I just want to know if you guys agreed or disagreed about Deflay, because, you know, th yeah, basically that. Do you think he's actually good, or do you think he's, like, you know, just there? I mean, that's that's hard to answer, because I think that being just there, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? I, f I feel like Deftly, um it's usually not necessarily the reason why EG wins games, but I I don't feel like he was ever the reason why they lost, you know? And even though you don't see it working super, super well right now, the fact that they have an extremely volatile um, mid laner, if they if they are able to have a stable, a stable bot laner that will also be able, and definitely does this frankly well, I think it's one of his strengths, that he can just like maintain a lot of lane states on on 1v2 and allow Ignar to just do Ignar things and and roam. Um, then then he's gonna do his job. Is he gonna be like 
flashy and and have insane stats. No, he's going to be usually behind in CS and just try to scale for team fights. But that's EG trying to adapt on the rest of the players they have to the roster. So that that's what I mean by it's it's very hard to um, rate Deftly as a player because his role on a team will never be. Uh, at least on this team, I feel like will never be to to be the main carry. So he will never show you what you expect to see from a great AD carry. And I think uh, that's not like when you're building a team. Not everyone can do like the IG from 2019, right? Or was it 2018? Whatever IG when they won Worlds, where it's like three lane carries. Like that's a really hard balance to strike. And so like there's a finite amount of people that you can play around usually in a game. And so if Defley's role, as Andre's saying, is to be weak side, so Sven and Ignar can go make plays and they're playing around Jazuke and, and impact a little bit more, uh, then that just sounds like a team that was put together with something in mind, like a vision of how they want to play the game. Um, and I don't think that that should necessarily be held against Defley or something. Draver, thank you, thank you so much for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out before we move on to... Actually, before I take a quick break to reference something that I forgot to reference earlier. Draver, anything you want to Sure. Say? Shout out to GameFuel, you know, sponsoring you. Shout out to Alienware. And shout out to Listen Loco, the last episode. By far the best episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a great listen if no one's listened to it. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, guys. Wow. All right. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just want to apologize. We were so distracted with the pre-show that one thing we forgot to mention at the start of the show was that MSI got officially announced today and that oh, there's a brand new format as well for it. I don't know, Mark, if we saw any takes about that, um, but it would it would be good to talk about it if if not. If you didn't pull anybody, maybe we just do a quick chat about it now. I didn't, I didn't see any, nor did I pull any. So Okay, so let's just talk about it really quickly. Um, actually, Andre, I assume you saw the new format for MSI. Just a <clears throat> I did not. It was in Iceland, but that's it. I okay, didn't okay. see well, I here's didn't the thing. Read anything. I'm going to play like, this video for you right now on the stream uh, that we actually made at Travis Gafford Industries. Travis loves down. recycling his content. Well, you know, it's uh, it's good. Actually, wait. I just realized I got to I got to download this. Um, but yeah, so it's it's they're doing it. It's in, um, it's in Iceland, and it is happening it's actually happening valorant is happening right after it so they're actually kind of tying the two together which is really interesting um and i they haven't really done anything like this before um and i have a big interview if anybody's curious why they're doing iceland i have a big interview on my channel about it that people can go check while i'm stalling for time so that i can pull up this video that breaks it down um but here we go i'm gonna play it i don't know if you can see it andre um uh, there we go. The Mid-Season Invitational is back for 2021. And for the first time ever, the best League of Legends teams in the world will head to Iceland to fight for the trophy with a fresh new tournament format. Twelve teams from around the globe will head to Reykjavik, where they will quarantine for COVID compliance before competing from May 6th to May 23rd in a group stage, a rumble stage, and finally a knockout stage. In groups, the teams from each region will be grouped into four tiers based on historic performances. They will be randomly drawn into three groups of four teams each, 
with each group featuring one team from each tier. Each group will play a best of one double round robin, and the two teams with the best record in each group will advance to the rumble stage. In the rumble, the remaining six teams will play another best of one double round robin, and the four teams with the best record from that stage will then advance to the knockout stage. The knockout stage is a standard best of five bracket, with the number one seeded team selecting either the third or fourth seed as their semifinal opponent. The semifinal winners will play in the finals on May 23rd in a bid to become the 2021 MSI champion. Andre, Andre liked that video so much that he actually got up in the middle of it while it was playing. No, I mean, once I, once I understood it, I just picked up uh, some water. Okay, good. Um, so that's what it is. So there, so one, NA officially second tier, according to this. Uh, secondly, they have two group sure. stages, and a lot of people are kind of upset about the, uh, the best of one, the double best of one group stage situation. Uh, anyway, Mark, you've had some time to see this and think about it. I don't know what if you have any hot takes on it. Um, my hot takes are actually kind of negative. I'm a negative Nancy. Uh, I think the double round robin is kind of weird. Not the excuse me, not the double round robin, the double, double group, group stage. stage. Yeah, because then you get best of ones in matchups that you've already seen a bunch of times. Like the two teams from each group go into another group together, so you get two, three groups of two of matchups you've already seen playing best of ones, playing best of ones again, which I don't think I like. You know, like it just because usually what happens in play-ins is the the teams fight to earn the spot in the main stage, but then they usually fuck off into different groups. Um, but here, everyone's going back together, and it just it just feels really weird to me. Not not to mention, I think what's what's also kind of weird about this is like we have to watch, like I, let's say maybe EU is great this year. I don't know, but like the the top two teams. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Podcast listeners. We love that, cats here, man. There's if an you animal want to that show, just, uh, show her off, him off. What? Yeah, whatever. Great. Oh, yeah. that's a cute kitty. Is it? Did you bring uh, that animal with you from Europe? Yeah. Do you okay. sleep on a uh, mattress? No, bed this frame? is not. This is not my room, man. <laughs> I was I about. Live... Man, Immortals really on budget this year. <laughs> Welcome, Coach. This is your. This is where you'll sleep. Um... <laughs> Or is a I spot for your like cat? Choice, you know, like Andre's no, no, all this like is, monks, this is not you know? my room. Okay. This is not my room. I was like those monks, the that's, monks or whatever, like sleep on the ground. That's the room like the for players, whichever. I have, I have two rooms. That's the room for whichever player underperforms the most in scrims every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Actually, Back Revenge would love it because he like this little midget is always asking to see my my cat. Jesus. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about the situation. So. One, one of the things with the group stage is that I'm a little worried because let's say like LCK and LPR are the best. Maybe maybe LEC will be or something like that. But you're going to have like one or two teams that are just crazy and you have to just watch them like slaughter all these like wild card teams or whatever for however many games. It's just like crazy to me that we're going to see, you know, every team play each other in this in this group stage. I, I'm very curious on, on how it goes. So uh, yeah. to me, I like the format. To be fair, I I understand where Mark is coming from, but for me, it's just I see the best teams play against each other more. So if there are more games, I like it. It's more that way. Yeah, I'm a simple man. <laughs> okay, well, uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting format. We'll have to see how people uh, feel about it as we get closer to the event. But I did want to call out for that. Um, 
Let's take another call and then we'll take a quick break and, and hopefully we can catch up because I know we're kind of behind. Uh, Mark is already grabbing them. That's great. Uh, so a couple of quick shout outs to Kyle 08 for gifting subs. Um, oh, uh, R. Cruzif, Sally's R, Metal Sparty, Perchy99, Core User, Twitch. Okay. Thick Man Gaming is here. Thick Man Gaming, where are you calling from? Hi, what's up? I'm calling from Princeton, Illinois. Princeton, small Illinois. town. Nice. What do you want to talk about on the show? So today I want to talk about how Immortals could very possibly become a new staple team for what I would like to call the second era of the LCS. Okay, do you want to elaborate on that? What do you mean by staple team and what do you mean by second era? Yeah, for sure. So I think that Immortals has probably went more out of their way than anyone else uh, in their gameplay and more than likely like their social media presence. Uh, just to kind of make a staple name for themselves. Uh, something that really, I think, like proves to me, like first off that they did this was when the first blood against Alfari. No one was expecting that. That was just, it made me almost an instant fan. I was never really a fan of Immortals before that. And uh, just, you know, looking more into this team, they definitely had a lot to offer. And then what do you mean by second era? Um, so, I mean, if you really think about it, and this might be just like a personal take of mine, I don't really want to get too much into this, but I think that LCS has kind of went from like a, a, a point where we now have almost an all-new analyst desk. We have, you know, newer casters. Um, just overall, I think that the LCS, especially after their rebranding, it feels different than it once did, you know? You no longer have like the original casters, you know, or I mean, you have some of them like Freak, of course. And I just overall feel like, I guess this is just more of like a new team for a new era. Gotcha. Uh, so are you are you more excited about the play and the gameplay or are you excited um, no, about like their marketing I, and sort of content stuff? So let's talk about the bad before we talk about the good, right? Um, I think there was quite a bit of bad before we got to this new immortals type of team um i mean <laughs> 2020 was not their year right uh i don't think anyone would agree that 2020 was a great year for immortals um you know when they came back especially off of their year which i think was 2016 right where they were just popping off and they got on that huge win yeah. streak with the Hooney yeah. one yeah 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 and it was i think like wild turtle pole belter um Anyways, they they were so explosive that year. And when I seen them coming back, I guess I had some excitement, you know. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, cool. Like, this team from 2016 are are, are making their way back. Um, and then, you, just, you just feel like they didn't do a great job in, in 2020. Oh, no. But you feel like 2021, uh, they're going to start to do it. Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, no one I think here can disagree. They have a decent track record. Um there's definitely, they're kind of like in a coin flip, I would say, right now. But, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, like, it, it's technically, you know, where this would still be spring. And I just think, you know, forward coming summer, these guys get a little bit more experience, you know. Um, I think that they could definitely take a lead and run with it. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so here's here's my thing. I really like that they have hired Andre. 
And I'm not just saying that because he's on the show, (laughs) even though it might seem that way. But Mm -hmm. I do think great pickup, obviously a storied coach and has a lot lot of success in Europe. And I'm excited for what they do there. I'm now going Mm -hmm. to talk about these things that don't involve Andre in any way whatsoever, which is like the content and the branding side. I personally do not think that they've done a great job on content and branding this year. I went and watched some of it previously. I think their video that they did with Mike, like walking around Summer's Rift, that was pretty creative. But some of their like vlogs and stuff like there's a video that they did where they just go and pick up everybody at the airport. I don't I don't find yeah. it to be particularly compelling. And I do miss that they they I do feel like you can look at a team like FlyQuest, for instance, who I do think is a newer team in comparison to you know, your TLs, your C9s, et cetera. And they've really done a good job of putting a stake in the ground on who they are, what they do, and all that stuff from a marketing content perspective. So that, I think, is why I still don't, like, I, I'm I'm not with you on the idea that, like, Immortals is going to be the next great big brand for, for LCS. Could I make a case real quick sure. against that? If you can do it quick. Yeah, of course. I mean... Look at when FlyQuest first started, Snickers FlyQuest. That was the most cringiest uh, shit, excuse my French, that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, You know, I think like everything has a beginning. And I think for this being kind of Immortal's new beginning, it's definitely starting fairly well for them. Yeah, but I would not use FlyQuest's terrible years as evidence. Like, maybe maybe if... I saw a great amount of stuff out of Immortals in 2021. I would agree with you and be like, ah, yes, 2020 was their Team Snickers year. But I'm not seeing that now. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the, the chat getting timed out because they're all saying the the C word that Andre uh, Andre said. It's, it's so fun to be a mod of this chat whenever <laughs> whenever a cat gets shown and just see the constant people getting timed out. <laughs> yeah. well, why do you have that word banned? Uh, it's a long story that involves okay. Kobe. It's not a long story. Kobe <laughs> no, wants no. a cat. Travis doesn't want a cat, and so oh. everyone was rebelling. Wait, why, why don't you want a cat? We have a limited amount of time on the show, and we're running late. Okay. We have five <laughs> callers in the thing. I've got two ads to do. We're not having this conversation again. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, yeah, obviously, I do also want to, to touch on that, but I'll let, uh, I'll let Mark uh, talk first, or let you finish. Sorry. Travis. Yeah, let Travis finish. I, no, I'm no, no. I, I, I said every sentence. Mark, go for it. I'm not a very like brand conscious person, if that's not apparent. Um, so like, you know, I, I give my thoughts, but like, I thought the thing was funny that Immortals did. I, I try and follow most teams and, and see what content they're putting out for like story beats and trying to keep up with the teams and stuff. Um, whether or not, you know, Immortals is going to become, you know, this great rebrand like FlyQuest managed to do, I, I don't know, dude. I don't have great thoughts on that. I think, I think I like what they're, I like what they're doing on the Rift. Like with hiring Gilhoto and going more with younger players and stuff like that. Like I, in general, am a big fan of that. I will say I love revenge. All right. So I did this interview with him, uh, what a week and a half ago. This guy's great. We, th- we need to do more stuff with revenge. More people should follow him and care about him because he, he gave a great interview. I think he's done some really cool content and I think he is an example of a rising star who, who could be great. Um, I shouted him out and said, I thought he should be part of the players association. Andre has gone full blur. We're going to switch back to the... uh, No, no, the camera should be back. I don't know. It's like, it's... I think it's your interest level. When Travis starts talking, it just blurs. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, uh, I think that, uh, like, I... I, I, How how can I say this? Like, being... 
as you call it the staple in in this um in this league i, I think that that's like not really going to happen i obviously now with the whole import rule you have a bunch of people and a bunch of like lcs audience um being extremely hurt on, on their feelings that uh, uh less american players will come up and whatnot but then you see the engagement from Golden Guardians, FlyQuest, us, Dignitas, and teams that do have any talent are like extremely, extremely low, and it's not, it's not like, it's not like they are changing. Um, so, being a staple, it's I don't know, man. It's like it's just gonna be C9 TL TSM all the way. Man, Danan, stop like stop messaging me on Discord. I'm just gonna mute you, man. <laughs> what is <laughs> What is Dayton saying to you on I Discord? don't know, man. He's just like messaging me the Pokemon stuff. Who's this Pokemon with my camera? Because it's blur. <laughs> like, but uh, but anyway, I, I I'd also do agree that uh, our our content is uh, can be better and and should and will be better. But that's also something that is part of the whole restructuring thing that uh, that we want to do and that me and Mike talked about when when I joined so I obviously don't think it's it's perfect but before doing that we we kind of want to stabilize more on what what is the structure that we want to to look for on the competitive side and then um, and then keep improving on on our content and then on our um, <laughs> fucking Dana <laughs> And on our fan engage uh, the way that that we that we communicate with fans, something that I'm really happy that we were able to do so far is how open we are able to be. Um, not only through the Discord, I always try to go to to the Immortals Discord and talk to people even when when we lost. Of course, that there's a lot of fuss when I'm not there, and when I say okay, I'm here, and you can ask some questions. Not a lot of people ask because. They like prefer talking on 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 our back, but I'll I'll answer to to everything anyway, and that's something that I think we are doing well. But obviously, our content has to improve, and it's gonna take a while. But the being a staple thing, I it's hard for me to agree when even a brand like Mark and Travis are saying that has done pretty well. Like FlyQuest has. Uh, a very very low engagement anyway so it's like just hard for me to believe that i th basically i think it's way easier for you to become a staple in a market like you than in a market like na i so just to push back a little like a lot of people look at the FlyQuest youtube and, it, and I, I agree that the the views there are not great but they do get pretty good social engagement they literally tweeted today four hours ago the bumblebees need our help and then just like a couple paragraphs about how bumblebees are endangered and all this stuff and how they're helping. It got 57 retweets, 325 likes. Like that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, but look at the, all the other ones. Why don't you look, say hi to Chonchi with 66 likes, zero retweets, zero comments. <laughs> the bee gods are with us. We earned that like, win against FlyQuest, 35 so, retweets, 900 likes. Like that's not bad. So what you're saying is like, depends on who retweets it, right? I think it depends on if they're tweeting about bees. Uh, that might, that might be it. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think there's a decent amount of that. You're I, right. There's nowhere near the top guys or whatever. But I do think their social sometimes does quite well. And I would like to see some of the other organizations my, start to get there. Yeah, my point is, Travis, if, for example, if you're rogue, 
right? And um, <laughs> if you're rogue and and your or med lines and your approach to the LEC is uh, that you're going young talent development, yada yada yada, etc. etc. Like it's something that fits with the storyline of you. So it's easier for you to like develop your brand around that, right? Yeah. But in LCS, and that's where my critic is coming from, is even if people now are super mad with the import rule, deep down, they honestly don't give a shit. Like, I, it's, I mean, it's a hot take, but it's honestly my opinion where I don't think they care, the, even like the audience, it's like cares enough about the talent development when in this league we have teams and I'm going to use more than us, uh, Dignitas, Golden Guardians, and FlyQuest that are indeed betting on development and NA talent and whatnot, and they don't get more fans because of that. So that, that even if, like, that's not the main reason and that's not something that, uh, that would make them grow. And Empire has a great point. If they do care that much, then they wouldn't just... Uh, they would they would just watch academy like I, I don't know it's so that's why i feel like it's super hard for you to become a staple brand where in in eu you can always go through being a um a rookie team and and betting on that and whatnot but uh, but in na you can't because the public is also not attracted to that i okay here uh, here's where i'll push back on you a little bit i i think i and i see this very nicely please don't come at me um the, the there a lot of these teams have just like Dignitas left and then they came back and they like had this weird owl then they bring back the Dignitas branding it's hard for me to find what content that they have done and they haven't done a lot to like push their players you know EG has been around for one year they did like the live evil stuff for a little bit and then their content fell off the map whenever like summer hit like uh, Immortals actually did have some fans quite a bit admittedly a large part because they were winning but back in the day they did and i think a lot of it was the transparency from when noah was around and you do those like no notes and all yeah. that stuff so like i do think i look at the teams and i think a lot of the reason why they aren't as popular is because they haven't been around for a very long time they go in and out of the league um and or when they show up they don't actually do that much now i get i totally agree that like winning is huge and like a team can do some really great stuff and if they're just not winning it's going to be really tough for them but I don't believe that like the exclusive way for a team to to do to win is to like grab some hot hot imports and uh, and then like start winning. I, I think that there are other ways as well. Yeah, but I, I also but I never said it. Oh, maybe I'm talking past you then. My apologies. You're just oh, saying no. you're just saying people are not going to like. I'm you. just no. I'm just saying that like it's very hard to become a new staple. It's very hard for like. TSM, TL, and uh, and um, C9 right now as such big established brands to ever, like, that anyone actually joins to that standard. At least that's what I that's what I understood that the caller was speaking about being a, a staple in the league. You just need their owners to go say some really crazy shit, and then there's your <laughs> opening. <laughs> uh, like, I was gonna say like Hundred Thieves is an example of a team that you could argue has become a, uh, a staple of the league in in a relatively short period of time coming in at franchising um, they had a really great split. They had great branding. They had the heist. They, they did a lot of stuff to really, really push their brand. And, and they, I would say solidify themselves as a team that like North Americans identify as being one of the staple teams in the league. Um, but 
you know, part of that recipe was success, and I don't think you can necessarily overlook that. The one thing I think having like openness around development league and or developing players and stuff that it does is it might not buy you more fans, but it won't. I think it'll also avoid some haters if that makes some sense. Like, uh, people will be more yeah, lenient, lenient with like a Golden Guardians with this roster than they would be if. I mean, I'll just point to CLG. Like a lot of people are really down on CLG because it's a bunch of older players who are, who are struggling. So, like, I think maybe it do- maybe it doesn't necessarily get you a ton of extra people watching if with development, but at least uh, like like people will be like, "Yay, someone's doing it!" In, in yeah. a sense, and they won't hate your team whenever you take the stage. Just as in a quick side that I know I shouldn't be taking because we're short on time. Kamikaze Platypus from Golden Guardians, who who is a, a wonderful person who has done a lot for the amateur scene and did a lot of the great changes and a lot of the great work. I want to say all that before I disagree uh, vehemently with his, his statements on Twitch. He says, we literally just did a content piece about Niles that was polished and all put together. It has less than 10K views on yeah. YouTube. And it was insanely good. So here's the thing. They did one. They haven't done more. You can't just put one piece out and think that it's yeah, going like, to be really I also agree great. with that. And I also think... That while that piece was well polished, and I'm friends with like Spellzy, who I think worked on it, and a bunch of like I think the, the piece is really well. I don't think it did a great job of telling the story of Niles or giving a reason to root for him. Like, did he give up like his college to do this? Did he? It like it looked nice, but like I don't I don't think that there's a great after you watch that video. I don't think that somebody who's watched it comes away with a great reason to be a Niles fan. It's not like I'm like, oh man, that story about his grandfather who played League of Legends in the 1950s and said, uh, passed on the legacy to his son is really, you know, that's, I think, the stuff that I, I, I struggle with. You got to do more. You got to do it consistently. It takes a long time and it is partially about success, but I, I don't, I'm unsurprised that it, it only got 10K views. Uh, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do more of it, by the way. All right. Thick Man Gaming. Yes. It sounds like, well, I think you sparked a pretty good conversation about the Immortal stuff. I'm sorry we don't have more time for you, but is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Or actually, before we take a quick break? Oh, uh, yeah, no. Is I think I agree with uh, mostly everything you guys were saying, and the rebutals were pretty nice. Um, I mean, of course, there's always room to grow. Like you said, Travis, in 2016, they actually built up a pretty big fan base to when franchising started and they weren't really included into that. I know a lot of people were heartbroken about that. Um, but overall, yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much for the call, and we will catch you next time. Yep, definitely. Bye. All right. We're going to take a quick ad break to talk about Alienware. Alienware is fantastic. Absolutely love them. Uh, there was a couple things I wanted to say about Alienware. I'm trying to remember all of them now. But one, as always, I just want to shout out the people that continue to tweet when they get, um, you know, when they make a purchase, it's always really cool to see. I retweeted somebody today named Trevor, who was looking for a new pre-built PC and decided to uh, buy an Alienware or R11 because they work. support me, which I really Sucks. appreciate. Uh, Andre's still struggling with the webcam. Maybe if <laughs> he had a webcam made by Alienware, um, <laughs> they don't make webcams anyway. The uh, but if they did, they would be great. Um, I, I really support, or I really appreciate all the support that this, you guys show. But it's like, honestly, it's, I don't know, man. I think it's actually Skype. Like, I think Skype's just... It's not Skype, all right? It, your it webcam Skype, Your webcam is not focusing. It's not Skype. Can you, can you open up the settings somewhere and 
and turn off autofocus? Listen, auto I'm in the middle of an ad break, please, people. Could you not have your technical support issues? I don't know. Alienware.com slash Travis. I didn't come to Skype since like 20... A- Alienware.com slash Travis. Travis 10 off. There's a link in the description on YouTube. Uh, I literally didn't have it on load. Really appreciate everything they do. They make brilliant monitors, amazing notebooks, fantastic desktops, such such awesome stuff. I really appreciate their support of the show. They allow us to do this show where we can have a very blurry Andre muttering to himself during the ad break. And, and even when that happens, they still won't punish me or drop me. Uh, they Thank you so much to Alienware for their support of the show. Go, go check them out. We love Alienware. Okay. Andre, to be clear, your uh-huh. webcam and the the webcam driver and all that stuff, that's what controls the focusing. Skype does not control the focusing of the of the webcam. So uh, I, I don't know what uh, to tell you, but it's not it's not Skype. Okay. Uh Mark is grabbing the next caller. Uh core user Twitch, thank you for subbing and then giving out two community subs. I don't, I don't know how to fix it. Here are you, Yukai. Thank you for the four months. Uh let, let, oh, we got our next caller. Tom Shu is here, beloved uh, hotline lead caller. Tom Shu, where are you calling from? Tom Shu, back again. It's about time too. Uh, calling from Washington D.C. Washington D.C. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I wanted to talk about uh, 100 Thieves is most leasing game versus C9, and how uh, you know Demonte kind of got you know absolutely clapped by perks. I know that, yeah, it definitely was not a good look. Uh, that game did not go well. Honestly, I would argue that uh, he kind of did solo lose that game, you know, getting solo killed in lane and baiting teammates to his death, being late on rotations, and it, it really wasn't a good look, and it, you know, definitely attracted a lot of scorn from the Reddit community. But uh, honestly, I think it's probably for the best that, you know, 100T is actually pushing Demonte out of his comfort zone in some of these, you know, some of these champions that he may be either less comfortable with or that aren't in their you know their designated wheelhouse which is you know uh slotting demonte in like a, a roaming mid and you know having everyone else just kind of run around and you know do damage while he's just there doing rotations and just being first on the on the set because honestly like if you're gonna run out here and if you're gonna sit here and stick to one style that's that's really gonna limit you uh in the long run especially in best of fives and if we've known there's one thing that uh, 100 Thieves has struggled with is getting over that uh, that perspective hump. They've been very, you know, they've been a very accomplished regular season team, and they've always, you know, managed to get the wins when they needed to. And just when it comes to, you know, getting those, getting that last little bit of push, uh, you know, to get over the line and win that best of five, it just doesn't seem like they've been able to, you know, quite do that yet. And, you know, being able to try and diversify now is probably just for the best is for the best. So, like, if you're, you might as well just go ahead and run out there and, you know, try the Azir and you get clapped. It's like, okay, if you get clapped, you're going to get clapped. Like, so be it. It's better to just so, go ahead and do that now. So, Demonte than... trying out new things, pushing himself, and Hunter T making him do that is better for the team, even though it might look bad for Reddit. Yeah, even not, it's not even just uh, Demonte, but like there's there's certain champs like in the meta that I haven't seen a hundred these play. Like, has has FBI played a game of Seraphine yet? Nope, I don't think so. Yeah, has like Demonte played a game of Silos? Yeah, like I saw Palafox play Silas. Yeah, he was like, the only one. You want to make that argument for the other nine mid laners? Say what? 
I think he was the only one that played Silas, no? Who, Palafox? Yeah. The only he? Silas I can remember is Impact Top. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but mid laner, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but what what I say is, like, when you have limitations, that is probably, you know, where you're going to get your most creative solutions. And that's what you need to... You need to get creative with it and, you know, diversify your picks because, you know, sticking to one style, like, that's not going to bode well. Like, yeah. it's going to look good regular season, but, right. you know, when you lose, right. get reverse swept okay. again. Like, what right. are you supposed to do? Let's let's get into this. Uh, so, is it better for Hunter T to buy, be diversifying themselves, pushing themselves, even though they're losing in the meantime? And is that what we're seeing, or is it just a, is it just players that are, aren't failing to, to be able to do this? I mean, I, I think that um, you, you it's like it's it's one of the two that we will probably never know the answer. It's either they are doing that where they are choosing to diversify their their playstyle, or it's literally because in practice the style that they were playing doesn't work anymore because teams are just getting better and and that just like works worse and worse versus teams that, as long as teams start start improving and they now feel the need that they can only win if they actually transition to to control mages it's it's one of the two which one it is it's it's very hard to know and only and only they do um if it's if it's the first one where they are diversifying then 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 sure it's it's it can be seen as as a good thing and it will help them on playoffs if if it's the second one where that style is no longer working in scrims and and stuff, then it's very worrying for for the team. I um, so I, I think uh, their playstyle that they had through lock-in in the first couple of weeks um, was a lot about like pushing waves and diving on the waves, especially at earlier windows than people are used to, like level four TP plays onto minion waves that like Demonte was doing and stuff. And whether the champions that they wanted to do it with started getting banned or um, they just started playing worse and they pulled back on it, for whatever reason, they, they really abandoned that idea. Um, and that's why I think that they've pivoted to like the hard force Drakes with their priority because they, they, they often have really strong uh, pushing lanes uh, to the caller's point. They don't play Seraphine. They don't play uh, generally losing matchups. Um, and then they, they control a lot of Drakes, and that's how they, they've won their games because they they kind of lose almost all their fights. They they uh, they usually don't actually make a lot of plays, and then, like, come mid to late game, they have at least stacked three or four Dragons, and then, like, the Dignitas game happens where they kind of throw it, or the CLG games kind of happen where they, they, they uh, these other teams struggle against them in, in the uh, uh, Soul fights or the Elder fights or the Baron fights. And so, like... I think that they're really struggling to find a play style right now that's consistently good. Um, I mean, I know they have a good win rate, but I think, you know, you can see it in their player cam, some of their reactions. And I think some of even their interviews, they acknowledge, like, obviously this is not the the style they want. Uh, or, like, they don't want their games to look like this. They want to be cleaner. They have the average, uh, highest average game time in the league by a pretty substantial margin. Um, so they're obviously not closing games out quickly. Um, so I think... They are experimenting currently. Like I don't think this is. To, I guess what I was driving at with this was they are, they have been experimenting. If you watch how they've approached the games, from going a lot less dive heavy to a lot more objective control heavy, and I think the the scaling was part of that with the, the control mages. I think they actively are looking for a new style currently. Um, Spin. 
Um, yeah, so is this dive bot style just currently not possible with the current control mages? You know, that DeMonte's playing? You, you can't do that dive bot anymore. At least not, you know, without getting punished. I mean, in you can't if he dies level two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's point. it's different it's different timers, you'll you'll have different timers, but it's just it's it's harder to just like completely force prio right, so then then it's it's harder for you to do it. Yeah. yeah. One of my real questions is how come we're not bringing out the uh, the melee mid laners anymore? I remember Palafox, you know, had his pop off Silos game, and uh, I remember Demonte was actually pretty quite a, a frequent amount of melee. Mid laners, a fair amount at least last season. Uh, I saw some some Silos, some Kiana, some Aurelia, uh, some some something. Uh, I don't know what in what ways they're trying to diversify, or maybe they've just tried it and it hasn't worked yet. I don't know if they've you know. I mean, support is too OP. Say what now? That's why support is too OP. What you just get peeled? No, no. It's like whenever whenever you're playing a melee mid and the reason why you can force prior with usually with those mids is because you, you can you, you are very good at fighting, right? So you have to always be in a position where you can fight. If the, and if there is and if there is a timer where for example, let's say that you're playing versus a, a Victor, right? And Victor just freezes in front of his tower and your bot then doesn't have prior, then you as a melee will never play the game. Right? <laughs> Because your support, your support is is, is so strong that uh, that like it, it, as long as he is on fog, you can never approach a wave. So you just don't farm. Like basically, it's it's not it's not that that easy to play certain melees. Like you, you can you can look at melees, for example, like uh, like set right, where mm -hmm. set he can force prio on his own. Um, but. Uh, but the problem with set is obviously whenever you're playing versus versus an Azir or a control mage, uh, if if at 10 minutes, if if before 15 minutes you are unable to take two drakes and dive three side lanes, then your champion just becomes very very weak compared to compared to a control mage, right? So you have to be able to get a, a huge a, a super big lead uh, that maybe you wouldn't need to have if you're playing, for example, Irelia mid. But if you're playing Irelia mid, you just need to have the ability. That your jungle and support are on a winning spot, and they are able to influence mid in 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 a very in a very big way. Honestly, being point, able to even honestly being able to you know affect you know get perma prio and have winning bot lane that sounds right up a hundred T's alley. Well, I was about to say exactly that actually. Uh, uh, yeah, but but then okay, but then okay, then I guess yeah, sure. I mean. To be honest, I play 100 Thieves next week. I hope they play the Monte. I, pl I hope they play Aurelia mid. <laughs> uh, is this so? I, no, I think. I mean, I don't want to try and analyze Andre's strategy too much here, but I think the idea that like if you're gonna play these melee mids like a Yone, like a Yasuo, you have to gank for it and you have to actually try and play around it. Uh, whereas for the most part, 100 Thieves style has been going actually from mid to their side waves. Their yeah. bot lane. Who he actually has the highest duo proximity in the league right now. He actually roams the least in the entire league, which is weird because you would think that who he's a great roamer. And I think his roams are good when he does them, but they just they don't do it that much. And so like you could, I think, stylistically go, okay, closer, you're gonna play ganking, you're gonna play Gragas jungle, we're gonna put Yasuo mid, and then who he you're actually gonna roam mid because they have prio usually bot lane. Like, I I theoretically think they could do it, but I then you're playing around Demonte Carey and you're like we're going mid a lot. 
and do you want to be 2v2ing perks a lot? I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, I think they their bot lane could get priority. I believe they could. I just don't know if you actually want to go assassin uh, Demonte gank, gank his lane. I mean, or or you just like go full um, full doing beast style and you just play Nocturne and Clad mid. Nocturne and Clad mid. Let's just go Orn mid. No, Rumble top Orn mid. I'm it. I'm a Orn mid expert. Because uh, <laughs> oh, no. like we always last year we we're always playing or our biggest success was always playing Kartus, uh, Orn mid and GP top every game, but right now it's just it's just too hard to lane. Like the reason why, for example, Nocturne and Clad work. Nocturne, of course, like with uh, his wave clear is, is is absurd and and he does have a global, but um, but but and with Clad it's just like the same the same all in. But you, you do have. You do have ways to like fight better than than the Orn. and it's not like it works versus every control mage. But let's let's not compare doing B to the Monte or honestly to any any mid laner when it comes to playing that style. You know, like it's it's just a different beast. If if we use the fact that doing B can make it work, so should so should the one hundred thieves. Then it's like we are not really being uh reasonable i would say uh, he, he he's just he's just special work hey, hey tom yeah i mean i think i think that you have to like you have to be a, such a big specialist for it to work and you can also see from fpx that it's not necessarily always working it works a lot of times but it's not always working but the level of expertise that you need to achieve with it, and like doing B can probably just play at the, the highest of levels, 100 different champions. Doing B can maybe do it with three. So it's Come like three, three from these styles, from from this style. I mean, yeah. So it's and you as a team as well, you need to be extremely well coordinated to pull these things off. So I think pulling it off, it's possible. Pulling it off by any NA team. It's not. Hey, Tom, thanks That's so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to our next caller? Well, I just want to give a... Yeah, I know you're rolling your eyes. I just want to give a congratulations to... And my condolences to RJS for, you know, officially joining the, the, the Yasui Club of uh, officially getting fucked over by CLG. Because uh, now I see that pretty much now all of Reddit has turned against him after being put into a uh, completely terrible situation. Even though now that his, uh, let me see, his kill participation was third, uh, damage percentage was third, uh, see, kill share was uh, fourth, fifth. This is a shout though, out, uh, by the way, not a platform. Even though, even though, he, was, even though he was, he was completely he getting shit he'll, done he'll, most Tom, of the time. Okay and, and now he's, he's, thanks, now thanks, he's getting fucking call. benched again. And it's just like, oh my Catch god, give me a time. break, CLG. No one wants to see this. I'm gonna. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Tom. You're making gay. Perchy99, thank you. Uh, Huryakai. Uh, let's see. Aquatic Banana. Gingmeyer. Team Hezzy. Bobcat. Evelyn Nest. Cardboard Fly. Thick Man Gaming. Azul Flower. Purple Sector. Gifted a sub to Crepo. Rico Suave. Harmored. Uh, Kura Love. Botman5, Killing You Guy, 34 months, uh, Slummy Broom, Rise81, 
Mr. Vigglesworth. Are you messaging? Uh... Revenge message me. Like, oh, okay. I will mute him actually as well. Yeah, everybody's messaging you on the show, trying to distract you. Adrical World, uh, core user, Twitch gift is a sub to Revenge. Real Foxy one with 39 months. Holy shit. Uh, Popeye plays games, gift is a sub to Insanity. All your all your players are getting subs gifts to them. Blaine Blasphemy. I, I like that. The <laughs> There I Made One, My Winds Guide You, and I Am Justin T. It looks like Um Penguin. Is that how you say it? Uh, it's Um Penguin. But uh, same as Guilhoto. Penguin! Vamos embora, same as Guilhoto doesn't expect you to know how to say Guilhoto. I don't expect you to say uh, Um Penguin. He said, so... he said my name well, Travis. Just okay. put it out there. Well, to be clear, I... <laughs> it sounds as though he perhaps speaks other languages that I do not. And maybe that's part of the reason why he pronounced it correctly. Um, yeah. Where are you calling from? Don't worry. I'm calling from somewhere in Brazil. Brazil. Somewhere? Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. what do you want? Like near Sao Paulo. Okay. Oh. Nice. Uh, I, I went to Brazil once and really enjoyed it. Quite nice. Went to Rio. Is there, uh, what do you, what do you got for us tonight? Oh, so I had some questions for Guilhoto actually. Uh, so, oh, no. uh, just from speaking Portuguese, uh, you're already my favorite person in LCS. So thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so my question for you is more like your, uh, background and your trajectory so far. So you said you played in the Portuguese league, then you went to the Spanish league, then, um, Challenger series. Schalke. Yeah. And then yeah. Schalke and then LCS. So I had more or less two questions. One was like, how is the Portuguese scenery right now? Because the last like professional Portuguese player I remember was Atala when he was playing for Vitality. Oof. And, it, uh, no, yeah, it's it, it, the no? last one. It was Alternative X in Brazil. Uh, I don't follow the Brazilian league, but let's not talk okay. about that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and the other... yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. And the other thing was like, since you are a well-renowned well coach uh, outside of well, Portugal and Brazil. Have ever thought about going either back to Portugal or coming to Brazil to coach like a team from the ground, or is that not in the scope so far? So yeah, those are those I are mean, my, my two wife questions. will kill me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were married. I mean, yeah, I got married like in when was it? Fuck, uh, November last year. Oh wow! Say, you, you better know your anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Wait. Yeah, I had no idea. I actually, I mean, she's sleeping now. She's still in Europe. So like, we safe. But uh, no one, no I, one actually, I actually don't know the year, the day. What was it? You don't know the um, day? No. <laughs> oh boy. I have to find a way to ask. Him. Well, maybe you can because I don't know how long this marriage is gonna last, Andre. I'm a little nah, worried for it. It's fine. It's like no. I mean, to be honest, uh, we will get remarried anyway, so there will be a new day because mm -hmm. like we couldn't because of COVID, right? So yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, to answer your questions, uh, Portuguese league kind of shit. Um, it's like, I mean, which is expected is probably one of the worst uh, EU uh, regional leagues, uh, just like in terms of infrastructure, salaries, league quality, in terms of competition. It's just, but it is some, like we did have kind of a, a wave where a lot of players came out, and we do have some high-talented players. You mentioned Attila, uh, Alternative played in Furia, um, Zico is now playing in France, Rux is in Fnatic Academy, um, who else? I mean, we had the Kick team that uh, almost made it to, to the finals of the Challenger Series. So we do have a lot of talented players, but that's, that's kind of like over now. There's not really a new wave coming out of Portugal. 
so to go into your second question with that i would not i will not coach in portugal again uh i plan on like in a long time to just have set up maybe a a team in in, in portugal but but not really coach it um when it comes to brazil and that's why my wife's gonna kill me she doesn't really <laughs> want to go to brazil but i do i have like uh -oh. set in my set in mind that at some point in my career i want to coach a team in brazil i had the chance to to go to a couple of teams in in brazil this year but it's obviously still very early or before going to brazil i knew i wanted to uh to go to na first um but it's definitely it's definitely a place that i that i want to go will you I, be allowed to go i mean i will I guess. I mean, I'm forgetting my date already, so like... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's going to be a stoppage, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, at some point. I don't know when. I don't know if it's in three years. Um, three years, five years, I don't know. But at some point, I, I would like to join one franchising in Brazil. Whether that's Furia, Flamengo, uh, Pain... Like it's all, it's, it's actually a scene that I hold dear to my heart in a way, because, uh, obviously outside of Portugal is the other big, big league that speaks my language and coaching in my language is something that I definitely want to do. Yeah. Cause I used to, I asked you, cause I used to follow the Brazilian league more closely. I used to be a paying fan, like back in. <laughs> 2011, but uh, I haven't watched too much since because it hurts whenever I see like very basic stuff that solo queue players can tell like are wrong. Uh, so I'm just sticking to like major leagues right now. But yeah, thank you very much for the for the answers. Looking, f if you ever come to Brazil, I'm looking forward to watching whatever team you're coaching. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Caller, do you have anything you want to shout out? Oh, actually, uh, I have a question. Another question to Gilota that he doesn't need to answer because it's not off my topic, but it's more because he's an international like Just figure. Go so can go I ask for it quick. Holy. Oh, okay. So uh, the the thing is, I've heard a lot of people talking about the import rule, but most people I heard talking about it are from NA, and I wanted to hear from someone that understands how the business side of things work outside of NA, mostly regarding contracts, because uh, it, it would change a lot in EU, Brazil, and other leagues around the world. Uh, so that was my question. I, I think talk about my, my concern for you, sadly, is that I think this is like a whole other I mean, call. Yeah, yeah. So it's but, difficult. Difficult. I mean, for, on a on a very very short thing, I in terms in terms of contracts, I don't know. I think that if there is a bigger pool, then salaries will be lower, right? Maybe that's one of the reasons. I see. Uh, well, my shoutouts are for uh, Alienware, so if you need to buy Alienware gear, go to Alienware. Though in Brazil it's too expensive, so not going there anytime soon. Uh, Game Fuel, can't buy it here, but helps old boy uh, Travis out, so go to go buy some Game Fuel. Uh, Shoutout to Mark, been keeping up with you since uh, Curse Days, so... Oh my god, you are... I've been watching team. for a while. Yes. Um, actually, your your no no offense, but your your English is is impressive. Actually, uh, I study abroad, so yeah. I, I study in Beijing, so I think that helps as well. So thank you. You do have like a, well. 
a bit i don't maybe hopefully this is not weird to say but I, you you do have like a bit of an australian or like new zealand accent uh i was thinking so it was, it's like I this... mean, the no offense was not for him was from like the brazilian people no no I, yeah. in the chat please yeah. like uh, anyway. I have, there are a lot of Australians in um, in China, and shout out to Raz for making LPL so much more enjoyable to watch when he was there. Uh, thank you guys very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I was just—it's funny that uh, the caller was just saying that because I tuned into Kelsey Moser's stream the other day, and uh, she was talking about because she lived in China for a very long time. She's she talking about how funny it is when you you talk to a lot of people over there who can speak English, and you can tell the ones that learned it from like watching American media or whatever. And then sometimes it's like, you'll, you'll talk to somebody who just has like an Australian accent or a New Zealand ask accent, which I, I thought, I thought it was funny seeing that. Also Papa Smithy in the chat trolling, uh, <laughs> everyone afraid to, he says, uh, Hey, night fiend who works for EG, please share your entire opinion on this discussion around, uh, imports. I'm very, yeah, I'm very fascinated to know what's going on at the, on the staff side and the coach side and all that stuff around who's who's allowed to talk about what, but I won't I won't get into that with Andre because our next caller is here, JNT, JNT frequent caller to the show and also a a a one of the ho the hosts of uh, that pod, what's the podcast again? Do I mean do name drop it? Is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Clown Fiesta podcast. Clown Fiesta podcast with Blue Jay. I saw that on the Discord. I'll look at it. Yeah, the two the two of them. Uh, that Blue Jay and JNT are both uh, frequent Hotline League callers who have started a community podcast, and uh, people can go check it out. Uh, where yeah, where are you calling right from, JNT? Uh, calling from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. What do you want to talk about? Uh, basically, just how I think that insanity is just sort of one step behind the upper echelon of LCS mid laners. Those four, I would say, are. Perks, Jensen, Power of Evil, and Jazuke. You know, I think if you take a look at a lot of his games so far, the split, he has some of the best laning, you know, among all mid laners in the league and has been performing really, really well on a lot of the control mages. And even if you take a look at his games, you know, some of his losses where he's playing up against these top players, he actually performs very well in the lane, keeping even in CS. Actually, I think has the least deaths in the entire league. Um, has a super good KDA. I know stats, you know, aren't really the whole picture, but I think he's leveled up quite a lot from his summer 2020 split where he showed a lot of potential, but obviously had some struggles in the mid and late game, uh, getting picked off quite a lot or inting away some games. I remember his like Oriana game against Team Liquid where he was 1v9ing and then I think like died two times in a late game to kind of throw the game. Well... Mark, do you yeah. agree with this before we let Andre talk about how <laughs> you just said I agree? That's is that all he said? I mean, for now, I'll I'll wait because I, I can feel that you're going to disagree. So then I'll have to argue with you. Yeah, yeah. Let's start. Yeah. Let's start with Mark. All right. So I mean, top four in the league. I hadn't haven't really thought about. Uh... Well, I put him under the top four, so I put him at five. Okay. So it was what you say it was Poe. Uh, Jensen, Jensen Perks, and Jazuke in no particular order, but I would say those are the top four. I'd put Insanity five. Yeah, Pobelter, Damonte, Damonte, Palafox, Blazel. I mean, I don't actually think it's it's a weird take at all when I when I look at it. I mean, we have a lot of fresh mid laners. Yeah, uh, so this is the other thing that we we're talking about, like with the the some of the power ranking things. Like it's some some are harder than others and stuff to to do. Like 
jungle is one of the most veteran roles in the entire league other than iconic like literally everyone has played i think like multiple years whereas mid this year you know like between a blaze saligo palafox and insanity you have four new mids um and so it's like a very no, I don't think it's a weird take at all to say that he's he's top top of the league or top half of the league. I would say you know it's because closest competition. I, I don't know. It's, it's close between him, Palafox, and Saligo, I guess. Right now, I mean, Pobelter hasn't played enough games. I would say to really call out. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think I think he is like, I think that in terms of in terms of consistency, and obviously I can speak from a point of view of what he brings to the team, then I think he, he fits there. I think he's a step above. Um, I think I agree with you with the, with the he's a step behind. Um, but I also think that he's a step above of all the others that that were missing. So he's kind of like in the limbo to, to go there. Um, and honestly, I expect him to be there at the end of this year and to be a fundamental piece on, on, our, on our roster rebuild. Um, or on on our organization rebuild, um, and to be honest, it, it has been great. I think that uh, he's probably the most consistent piece in in our in our roster. Uh, I think all all the other four kind of already had kind of like bad games, but never him. So so for me, I, I agree with the take. Not much more to say. I just I just agree. Yeah, I think for me, what's most impressive about him is that he's beating all of the laners below him and then playing well, not necessarily beating, but playing well in losses against the ones above him. Well, I mean, it, so it sounds like generally speaking, this is like, uh, this is not the sexiest take, but I do like it because <laughs> the type of thing that like, uh, and I, I'm happy that you bring it up because a show like this, I think is a place where Look, and Sandy's, he got some notoriety when he first came onto the scene, but I think has, people have been kind of quiet about talking about him because, you know, a lot of people do want to talk about perks and all that. So I'm glad that you raise him as a, as a conversation because when you, you hear, obviously, Andre agreeing. But Mark saying, like, it's not that crazy to put him fifth in the league. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So, uh, JNT, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, just uh, appreciate the... The shout out you gave us and the retweet uh, the other week and the host last week. Appreciate that. Brought yep. some new, new Try to support to community shows, community. especially for people who are uh, avid Hotline League watchers. Yeah, we just made it. We just made a Discord. So that's linked in all of our stuff now. So nice. anybody over here wants okay, to. Well, I don't promote it that much. Vote. Okay. You Appreciate got, you got the shout out okay. in the raid. I don't okay. need the Discord. I'll, I'll, I'll leave now. Don't worry. Thank, <laughs> thanks, JT. Have a good one. All right. Um, okay. Blaine Blaster, we thank you for the two months. Uh, oh, I already got them. Justin T. Kanoke, core user, gifted a sub to Kamikaze Platypus. Dr. Noli, Cat for Kobe, gifted a sub to Papa Smithy. And Popeye Plays Games, gifted one to For Kobe, please. Rune is here. Rune, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Oxford, Alabama. Oxford, Alabama. Okay, so just for context on this, I actually suggested that Rune call in because he had a topic that I thought was really interesting. Um, I actually clipped out something he was saying on stream when I, I bumped into stream the other day. Uh, 
But Rune, you you mentioned the other day on your stream that you have not watched any LCS games this year, despite being an avid LCS fan. Uh, do you want to kind of break down all the stuff that you mentioned before? Uh, yeah. So for me, I've been I've played League for ever since like before season one, and I didn't catch up a whole lot in early LCS. But like the last couple of years were just really really interesting, so I kind of got into it. And last year, especially, I was a really, really avid FlyQuest fan because I wanted, I thought it was, they were a great underdog story because most times it's always been just TLC9 and TSM. And it was just great to see this other team who nobody thought was going to do anywhere near that do all this. So they get to back to back finals, they go to Worlds. It wasn't great, but it wasn't near as bad as they probably were anticipated to do. It wasn't 0 6, right? Uh, no, it was definitely not zero six. Um, but then the season ends, and then the whole team just blows up. It's like they made all these big strides in branding and everything like that. And then I felt like they were maybe like uh, maybe a player, maybe two away at most. I don't think there should have been a hundred percent change in their roster, but a forty percent change in their roster might have been okay, and they could have done something with that. But to blow the whole thing up to start all over was just kind of a devastating thing. And I know they're not the only team that had that problem, but they were the one that affected me the most. And it's kept me from wanting to be really invested in them this year, even though they did sign Jose Diodo, because he may not even be there a year from now for me to be invested in. You're just, you're just saying it makes it hard for you to, to stick around. Mate, yeah, I'm gonna it... I'm gonna keep a couple of players. If you wanna be an Immortals fan, like I'm gonna keep a bunch of them. <laughs> Insanity is the future. You're here right. last that's, call. That's what I could tell you, you know. Well, so so one of the things Rune you were you said I think as as well that that I was one of the reasons I wanted to have you you come on the show because we one we don't usually have people who are like I used to watch LCS now I don't and I think that's an, an interesting group of people to have on especially when we've been talking about viewership stuff lately. But also you, you just said you feel like it's really tough because even outside of FlyQuest, I think you, you mentioned it's just really hard whenever so much change happens in the league. Yeah, and I understand it's not true of every team. I mean, uh, Cloud9's kept a pretty stable roster more or less over the years. I mean, there's been changes here and there, but usually when they get somebody, they stay for X amount of time. But then you look at like Team Liquid, like it was a, seemed like it was a big deal that Broxa came over and he was there for a year. I understand it was probably because he underperformed a little bit, but still, like it's just hard to be excited when everything changes constantly, constantly. And I'm for change, just I just think their stability is also something that I think is important, especially for some of the lesser successful, quote unquote, franchises. Yeah. I, yeah, so, but, but I also think it's like those are the harder ones to have that stability, right? Right. Because at some point, free agency hits, mm-hmm. and then and then you just can't compete. In, in the case of FlyQuest, I think they were also, even though they, uh, I don't know how much they invested, because I don't think that the bu- buying out players from C9 is necessarily a cheap thing to do, but... Uh, from what I've heard, they also had to go a bit down on on the whole NBA thing. Mm-hmm. So then, when there when when some players and contracts, or they maybe don't have as much money as they thought they would support some salaries, then it's not like 
they really have an option. I'm sure that if you ask anyone on FlyQuest if they would like to keep the roster that made it to Worlds and back-to-back -back finals, that they would say yes. You know. I so think... it, it's okay. it's like I think I think you're also caught. I, I I agree with you that there are a lot of changes. I also think that from uh, not the 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 three biggest teams, it's harder to avoid or avoiding those changes is not necessarily completely in their control. Um, but I also think that in the case of FlyQuest, you were just caught a bit on quite unfortunate situation. Right. Because I don't think they really wanted to just break up the team, you know? Hmm. I think um, there's definitely the whole, like, there, there's the Yankees, what are you going to do kind of thing. Um, I don't know, you probably don't follow American baseball, so that's probably not the best reference. I, know, Bar I don't know Bar who the Yankees Bar are. Bar I follow NBA, though. I mean, NBA is fucking weird because the players kind of just decide where they want to go. Um, yeah. Make super teams. I don't know. The, the point is that the rich orgs can buy the little guys out, you know, like what you're saying with FlyQuest. Um, but, I mean, to the caller's point, Team Liquid does constantly churn out, like, you know, they're, they're swapped their pieces out from quite a bit from when franchising started, and it was Smithy... Uh, you know, double lift, uh, Ole, and all, all the people, and then pretty much every single piece of that has been changed out now. There's actually no remaining parts from that, and that was 2018. That that was, you know, three years ago. Um, so the the top team turnover is ju just as much as. Well, uh, and just to just because I pulled up the chart, I know we were talking about it in the pre-show stuff, but like the thing is, is that, so there was totally a ton of turnover with COVID or because of COVID, and I saw. Um, Night Fiend in the chat that the EGGM mentioned this as well as like, oh, it's a lot of COVID. But if you look at the, the chart that we have, like we never retain more than, since 2018, we have not retained more than 50% of the team, the league on the same team year over year. I mean, it was, it was 18% in 2021, which is insane. But in 2020, it was 32%, you know, not much higher. 40% of the player base got, or the LCS player base got replaced in 2020 as well. Can I ask you if, is there a chance that you can do this for LDC just to compare? Yeah, I'll ask Tim to do it. Uh, I I'm asked him sure if we if could do it different. across all the different leagues. And uh, he says it's a lot of manual work, so I didn't make, ask him to do it for the other yeah. regions yet. But I, it's just, I, uh, I'm just curious to LDC because like, obviously in LDC, you do have a lot of players that change year after year, but I think the main difference is that it's not necessarily like recycled. I think that outside of this year, that's what you had a lot of times in previously in previous LCS iterations where they would just change teams, but same players kind of in Europe's different. So then it's, mean, it's harder for you to like find a, a franchise or like, let's say like kind of a franchise player for each team, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, we, I mean, we definitely recycled our players a lot. But even then, like we're still replacing, you know, a third of them and or throwing out a third of them in 2019, 40% uh, of them in 2020. So like I, I get that a lot of people, and I'm not saying they were wrong. There was like a lot of players that just kept underperforming and sat around on teams for a long time. But goddamn, we just throw out so many players every year and swap them around. So I'm much. gonna say, yeah, hot. but 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 you're not swapping them for rookies, right? Until this year, you were swapping them for either other imports or, well basically other imports yeah <laughs> yeah oh so that's exactly what i was going to say is i bet the 30 percent turnover rate is actually 
pretty close to what other leagues see. There's a period of time when I was talking about how many rookies get into the uh, NALCS proportional to server base size, and like uh, the amount of turnover in LEC, or LCK and LEC, I couldn't do LPL because it was too hard to do. Uh, their teams were expanding. They went from like 12 to 18 teams or some bullshit. Uh, but like the the turnover rate was like relatively consistent across all the all the the regions. But I think to your point, Andre, about like the franchise player, like you have the foundational pillars of here's reckless on fanatic, here's perks on G2, uh, and there was more of that kind of through line as the pieces shifted around. Whereas in NA, other than Bjergsen, you have none of that. Like all right, here's Jensen, he's now over here. Niski's here. Oh, Niski's gone. Uh, Doublelift has played for six teams at that point, or whatever it was, you know, something insane. Uh, so I think there, <laughs> there hasn't been many. Like you can latch onto a player, but I, I still think there's something about the rivalry of Peter versus this guy, whereas like Reckless versus G two was like every year you kind of had yeah. that. But but to 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 take on that, look in you, you know that every time that is G2 versus Fnatic, Reckless, Reckless left Fnatic, right? But the rivalry between G2 and Fnatic still exists. Yeah. And the organizations treat themselves as rivals. Even in scrims, like, so these are the, bigger, the biggest two orgs in EU. Whenever one of them is fucking up and needs to like have, be some kind of like, let's say, the, or there was one situation a couple of years ago where um, one of these two teams got blocked from scrims because the other team pushed for it in EU. And this is part of the rivalry in a way where you hold the other part accountable when you are the only one that can hold them accountable. In NA, that never happens. Like, honestly, I came here and I don't feel any kind of like, why would I feel that TL versus TSM is a rivalry? It, it doesn't feel like one. Why is TSM versus C9 a rivalry? It, it, yeah, we have no. Maybe rivalry. I'm just wrong, but it just just doesn't exist. It doesn't so, no, not anymore. It used so to be. That's something. As as like a soccer fan, that's something that actually gets me more emotional mm -hmm. attached to the game and makes me actually be a fan of 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 the team. Is like when those games come on that rivalry, I'm like super stoked, and I'm going on social media and just flame the other team, and that <laughs> makes me feel good. And if my team wins against a rival, I feel really good. And if my team loses against a rival, I feel like shit. And that, honestly, I feel like that happens in on the on the fanatic fans and the and the G two fans, which means that once they bring all that atmosphere to social media, then rogue fans won't be part of it. And in their heads, it's it's kind of like a rivalry and whatnot. And it's just easier to be attached. But in NA, you just don't have any kind of rivalry. So that's why I also think it's it's hard. That's why I think it's harder for you to support the team. Going to the topic of of our caller, I think it's harder for you to support the team because no matter what team you support, there's not really a reason for you to be attached. And the main reason that you has, especially for this main two, to be attached to a team is the fact that you have a rival that you can shit on or be shit on by uh, after after you play versus them. What do, what do you think, Rune? Do you want to shit on people or be shit on? <laughs> well, it's. I just think we struggle as a region as just even building player or team narratives that would build a rivalry, especially at this point with with turnover being what it is. Like you said, is it's just hard to be invested that way. It's, yeah, I don't I, think that's true in other sports. 
I mean, I understand esports is a little different and it's way newer, but I mean, it's hard because it's like I do. It's like we don't even have any player rivalries in the league. You know, it's like I wish, I wish there was some reason to care when Fudge and Impact went head to head or something. I don't know how that stuff really is born. Maybe you just need to like over the course of their careers, they need oh, to start. What's Usually that? it's built by the broadcast. Or a lot of times it's built by the broadcast. Or at least the broadcast helps building it. And I feel like the amount of exposure uh, that broadcast gives to players, and it might be down to COVID, you know? But I think it's very, very underwhelming compared to what you does. Like there's no, when, when you go onto like a media day in EU, the guy that asks the questions, it's literally like, he wants to trash talk. Like we go into, into the media day of LEC and the guy that's asking, that's asking the questions literally goes to upset and says, Gilius yesterday talked shit about you. He said that you're a choker and that you'll never beat him. Do you want to answer to this? This is like his question, you know? And then of course it's like. At some point, one of them will have a rivalry that goes into the broadcast. That's why, and sometimes pro players do complain about this. Like that's why you have them <laughs> cutting off stuff, and maybe that's not what they meant. But when the guy that asked the questions put it this way, then of course you're gonna be a bit more salty on your answer, and then you start building some kind of like rivalries. And it doesn't matter if it's actually a rivalry, as long as it seems a rivalry to the fans, right? That's that. That's all it matters. They can be friends and whatnot, but for the fans, they are just like they're gonna hate each other. You have, I mean, I think the Attila upset one is is the is the most recent that comes to memory that was purely built on broadcast. Upset never saw Attila as a rival, but out of the broadcast narrative, then you have when Attila kills Upset, just him telling him to shut up and saying some bad words in Portuguese, and that goes over and over, and it causes some excitement, you know. I just want to uh, once more point out that I offered Riot free of charge my interview with Jensen where he said Perks is uh, not actually that great or that much. He can't learn much from Perks and that he thought Claude9 would perhaps fall down, uh, be worse. That would have been a would have been a great moment. Mark Z, once more it falls on you to defend the entire LCS broadcast. You don't well, have Travis, the problem with pushing player narratives is it gives me less time for me. So I'm vehemently opposed to anything that's actually going to, you know, build our players up for interesting storylines because I just love talking myself. <laughs> I, pre I appreciate Mark for everybody. You know, I just want to point out to everyone that Mark does an, an amazing job. He's he's put in an impossible position constantly on the show of both representing but Right, in some ways in the LCS, and in other ways having to be critical of them. And in these moments, me, he still finds ways to succeed. Let me let me actually let me actually be clear, Mark. I, when I when I mean broadcast, I don't mean the people that are involved, you know, or not like the people you that are on talent. air. It's not the on air talent. Yeah, when I yeah, talk no, about I, broadcast, it's, yeah, okay, because like yeah, I, I I never take it like when people criticize broadcast, I don't try and insert and assume they're talking about me. If people want to say that I'm not doing a great job, yeah, I, then I'll say Mark. Then I'll say your yeah, name. I, yeah, like like a I don't know what it was like a last split. Jensen thought that we were overrating Bjergsen or something, and you know I I always encourage people to 
use the broadcast as part of the narrative. Like if you think I'm a fucking idiot for the closer thing, you know, like I would encourage that conversation because great. Now we're talking about something interesting. Maybe closer hates my ass now. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't want it to be about me specifically, by the way. I'm just saying that like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm happy that stuff Mark happens. Mark Z versus the LCS players I'm is not, the number one rivalry. I'm not, and I'm not saying things <laughs> to stir up drama either. Like these, this is, those are my opinions. But like to that point, like, you know, I would rather have people saying what they really think than um, dancing around it. And whether that's, you know, on the broadcast and interviews to get spliced and cut together to push that kind of stuff is, is, is a good point. You know, like, can we get more out of the players, uh, whether by asking leading questions, uh, you know, hamming these things up more? Um, you know, I would love that. I would love to have more of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm 100% on board. I mean, I guess it's hard with COVID, right? I think you lose like, a lot of a lot of the, like, the will. I, I mean, I, I don't think they were great at this before. I mean, it's the thing. The the thing yeah. My, what, I, what I was going to say is I know it's hard with COVID, but I also feel like maybe we can push a bit more, even though there's COVID, instead of just like, ah, COVID. And then we yeah. just stop, you know? Yeah, and I For think... Sure, like, Go ahead, Mark. Uh, when, when people were criticizing the broadcast, I mean, you weren't here. I don't know if you were you were following NA quite as much last summer, but like people fucking hated the broadcast. And I think a lot of the times, like the oh, it's COVID is, you know, an excuse because it is more difficult. But that doesn't mean you can't like things aren't going to be. Well, good. and it's also like, not going to get magically solved too. Because I look, I do think the broadcast will feel way better when we're in the studio. But do I think suddenly we'll feel like these players have rivalries and like we'll suddenly feel like, wow, everything is so much more entertaining. Like it, it will definitely elevate things to a higher level. I just like right. I, I hope people recognize that not everything is. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying, Mark, but I just broadly speaking, I hope people don't don't feel like that's going to fix it all. For, for example, something I mean, just a random random thought, right? I remember that when uh, when it was the entry video for the LCS, that Demonte was the one talking about Bjergsen retire, retired and opened a new spot for the King of Midlane, whatnot, right? But in my opinion, and maybe I'm just biased, but it would just be more interesting to start building kind of like a narrative of all this or these three new mid laners coming into the league and um, new. I mean, insanity is not really new. But Palafox, Oligo, and I would include Insanity in a way, where they actually just like talk about each other and, and speak on, literally they actually speak of who would they think it's going to be the next mid laner and why won't the other two be? And I mean, that's just one of the ways that, that, you, that you can start something. Andre, can, can I ask you a yeah. question? Do you think that LEC would have been absolutely silent around like the Reggie tweet? to Vulcan and kind of all the drama that happened there? No, I think it would appear on the on one of the shock segment. That's that cuz that's actually I was just thinking about that. I think in traditional sports it would have been talked about. Like you would have had people saying like, "Oh yeah, this crazy thing happened." Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't watch No, I don't I don't think you're wrong. I think it's just one of those situations where there's a lot of vested interest in the broadcast, the league and everything is so tightly mixed together like espn is not the nfl so when ESPN, espn can report on whatever they want in the nfl because they're yeah it's, it's, it's a different thing. broadcast yeah right I, whereas the nfl network isn't going to talk about the nfl in a negative light whereas other orgs can 
Yeah, I guess I just like that was but probably are, wait, the most. Were you talking about like the the huge text or the import tweet? I think he means the the what he replied to Vulcan with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think I think that knowing knowing a bit of LEC, like either that or the import tweet will be pulled off after the dignitas loss, and it will be mocked about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I think, yeah. I there's a lot of people that have been saying recently that LCS feels fairly sanitized, and I think that was a pretty good example where there's an opportunity there, um, for the for the broadcast, for for league ops who perhaps is uncomfortable about the situation has to find Reggie, et cetera, et cetera, to be like, oh, this sucks, and broadcast to be like, hey, we're the broadcast. It's the entertain. Like this is what we're here to talk about. You guys gotta gotta move on instead of just being completely silent, pretending it didn't happen, et cetera, et cetera. I appreciate that the dive talked about it, but I do wonder if, if perhaps there was a missed opportunity. Th that's something else. On the dive, I think the dive should always have the player's guest every episode. Does he, did, I admit I don't watch Tonight Euphoria. Do they do it every episode? Yeah, every episode. Every episode there is like a, a player, coach. I think that player is way more interesting. Uh, just have him there and like discuss the things with a perspective of someone while still giving him a platform for people to follow. I just think it's good. If any, uh, if any players would like to appear on hotline league, feel free to reach out to me. We would love to have you. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I like having really good conversations. Uh, and it's better when there's another guest on that can bounce. Like the conversation about what should hundred thieves do for their play style with like the Demonte thing. Like that's way better that Andre yeah. had thoughts than like, just me saying stupid shit rune or or imagine that you actually have someone a mid laner you know to discuss that topic and he actually plays versus the monte it's like it's even more i feel like rune yeah. thank you so much for the call uh mm -hmm. i really do appreciate it and thanks for i'm sure staying up fairly late uh, at my request so is there anything you want to say before I, I let you free uh honestly just uh kind of thanks for kind of shining a light on this like i really didn't realize it was a big of an issue until you brought it up to me so I was just kind of glad to have the well, platform, I guess. What, what what can we do all do to get you to uh, to to watch the show or watch LCS? Uh, pick a make a rivalry for me. That'll be fun to follow. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll get working on that. Uh, thanks, so Hoto. Who's who's the worst team? Who's the most overrated team in the league? Overrated? Yeah. Uh. I mean, it's it's hard to say because a lot of teams are overrated in the league. <laughs> so who is which one is the most? He's overrated? like, who is it overrated? This whole league like, is a joke. I think I think EG. I think Dignitas is overrated, but that's kind of weird because we lost two times against them. But we kind of <laughs> gave them like freebies. <laughs> uh, I think. I mean, I think they are overrated now. They weren't at the start, you know. Right. I think FlyQuest were overrated at the start, but not now. Now everyone kind of like says they suck. <laughs> um, right, so and 100 Thieves is for sure overrated. Like 100 Thieves, I think it's overrated. Or at there least if go. people put them on the top three, I don't think they'll be top three. Caller, Immortals, head coach, thinks, DLG, <laughs> or thinks 100 Thieves and Dignitas are actually dog shit. That's what I'd say on broadcast. I'd take what you said there and amp it up a little bit and be like, Dude. yeah, uh, not to put words in, in Andre's mouth. You guys but... hear about what happened? The Immortals head coach shit on 100 Thieves. Actually, we can't, 
it's it's in, it's a pale in pale comparison to what's happening in Call of Duty with uh, I don't know if anybody saw that Hastro hundred T drama where but honestly like if you want Courage to say that about saying his org was a joke I'm like I'm always down to go to war versus Mr. Papa Smithy <laughs> Papa Smithy here's the thing there's several it's, there it's are several free, hotline like, leagues came when he came to Europe like he got spanked so hard his team got like so destroyed it was crazy and now it will happen the same. I lost to you once, Papa. It won't happen again. Next time we play versus you, like you better be ready. Insanity is just gonna be Flame Horizon Demonte every day. There you go. It's, it's happening right now. Uh, yeah. Papa Smithy. People all want Papa Smithy to come on the show. Papa Smithy is one of the Hotline League Twitch chat warriors who love to sit in the chat and like critique <laughs> everything we're saying and disagree, but then never come on the show. To be clear. <laughs> Uh, maybe they, coach rivalries are what we need. The coach rivalries, exactly. Rune, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. All right, we're going to take a quick break really quickly. Talk about Game Fuel, our sponsor for the show, our second sponsor. Uh, Mark and I have been drinking a ton of these. I'm actually getting to hook up some friends um, in the scene with Game Fuel, which I really appreciate uh, them letting me do. That was at my request. I said, hey, can I throw some of this around? Go over to GameFuel.com uh, if you can. And uh, you're in the U.S. Uh, unfortunately, it's not available outside the U.S., but hopefully, hopefully, eventually, even if even if you're outside the U.S., just tweet them. Be like, I'd love to try it sometime. I don't know if that's going to actually do anything, but it does help me, especially if you cite me. Go check them out. Make an account and sign up and and try it. And make sure you sign up for the victory pass, uh, which you can do on their site. It's a battle pass specifically for game feel. You get to unlock all sorts of cool stuff uh, throughout the year, and uh, it also gets you free shipping. Uh, if you do it before the 16th of March. So go do that. There's all sorts of different awards that you can get through this. And uh, use code TRAVIS for 5% off your order. And I know some of you are in uh, specific areas of the U.S. where they're not able to deliver off of uh, the GameField website. If you do end up having that experience, and I need to make this in the YouTube uh, description because I haven't done it yet, but if you do exclamation mark GameField in the chat right now, uh, which I just did, uh, you'll be able to not only see the code, but you can also order it off Amazon using that link. And if you use it off that link, it's actually helpful because it, it allows me to track it. And then I can report it back to GameField and say, hey, listen, even the people who can't get it off your site, which obviously is what we all prefer, uh, look, they're still ordering it through Amazon. So thank you so much to GameField for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate it. It's been great to see so many people tweeting about uh, trying the different flavors and you know ordering different cases and all that stuff since they came on and sponsored the show. But we love Game Feel so much uh, for that. And I've been drinking a ton of this stuff. And I know Mark is too, because I gave Mark like several cases and he hit me up the other day and was like, I'm running low. So I know he's uh, he's going through it the as Game well. Fuel a day keeps the doctor away. Don't, that is not medical advice. And uh, we are not, <laughs> Mark is just using that as a phrase. Uh, we are not saying that's any kind of, uh, that's not exactly. Anyway, thank you so much Game Feel for sponsoring the show. Off to our last caller. We go. Uh, anti anti TP gifted a sub to peaceful eighty five. Skajosh D nine TV. Uh, Popeye plays games. Gifted a sub to Emily. Koj two four one two. Thank you everybody for the subs. Uh, Josh eight far is here. Josh, where are you calling from? Hey, uh, calling from Fairfax, Virginia, right now. Currently on campus. Um, doing some school stuff here. Nice. Holy. Well, uh, hopefully it's, isn't it kind of late to be on campus in Virginia? Uh, well, I'm staying here on campus. Um, oh, you mean you're like uh, in a dorm? 
Yeah, in a okay. COVID hotel right now, actually. Hopefully oh, interesting. Not sharing. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I just want to make the take that I believe the analyst desk is overhyping uh, Team Liquid. And currently right now they're sitting 7-5 and five as the tied for fourth team um, with, apologies, let me look, uh, Dignitas and Evil Geniuses. And I believe, although we did just speak about the overrated teams that we believe, I believe Team Liquid fits this overrated narrative because despite them uh, pub stomping lock-in, I would say at least, even though they did have that, that last final game where they almost got reverse swept, they did start with their main roster and, and calling back to the turnover rates that you guys were just talking about. Whereas most teams averaged uh, keeping less than one player with 18% um, to their, their team from the last split, Team Liquid kept three players and brought on two mainstay uh, or, or like big name players uh, from the LCS. And unfortunately, Team Liquid is still suffering some of the uh, same issues that the bottom tier teams are currently suffering, like making weird coin flip barons in their most recent game versus TSM. Uh, they have some like interesting draft issues. Uh, they're, they're, Alfari is having uh, times in the game where he's getting caught, which I think is um, showing not as much. He, he's been hyped up a lot, and I definitely think he deserves that. But he is also finding himself getting caught. They focused a lot towards his lane in the game versus Impact, where Impact had that uh, comeback game. And he didn't show quite as well uh, after that, because even though he took the Ignite and they focused a lot towards Impact, Impact obviously in that game came back, and I, I think uh, he should he deserved MVP. I'm not sure if he got MVP for that game. Um, but yeah, I think... No one knows. MVP is not shown on broadcast. <laughs> I think... Uh, I would compare Team Liquid to 2019 Clutch Gaming, where right now, whereas they do have one win versus uh, C9 in, in Clutch Gaming in 2019, uh, famously was losing to all the teams uh, above them and beating all the teams below them. Uh, I really think that Team Liquid is, despite that, again, win versus C9, sort of like Clutch Gaming of, of 2019. That's my take. Team Liquid is overrated, and it's the analyst desk's fault for rating them so high. And they're under-delivering on what should be an easy split for them when they were able to maintain most of their roster and bringing, bring in two great players. Or bring in, uh, yeah, two great players in, in top and jungle. Hmm. I mean, it's a very good, I think, take. Oh, it was elaborated. Yeah. It has merit. I, I, mean, I kind I, of buy honestly, it. Honestly, I, <clears throat> I can't say for sure because uh i just realized mark I is disconnected know. oh he disconnected <laughs> yeah he's just been i thought i thought that he uh i thought that he but on skype his camera's gone sorry go ahead i mean i just i'm not sure how much they overhype tl or how much they are hyping tl i still think that they are currently playing at a top two level mm, so it's 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 hard for me to say. They do make those mistakes that you were talking about and and whatnot, but it's not like the rest of the league is playing at a very high level as well. So I think they can kind of get away with it. And they are at the moment playing top two, top three level. So 
I mean, I, I'm not sure how much they are hyping TL. If they are putting them as like the clear favorites to win and way better than C9 for sure, then I think they're overhyping. If they are not doing that, then I think it's just like they're not necessarily overhyping them. Uh, so. I don't think we've... I think we're, we've said that they're probably um, second favorites still to win. I think everyone has C9 number one. Uh, I missed most of this conversation because I don't know what happened. My my 5G died. I had to swap to my 2G and uh seems okay now. Uh, I think Team Liquid. I don't. I don't know. I feel like a lot of their players are individually uh, underperforming, um, and not all at the same time. But like, you know, Alfari had a couple games where he didn't play quite as well as he did in lock in. Tactical has had a couple of those. Jensen's had a couple of those. Um, and I think that they will get back to the to the level that that they showed in lock in. Um, or at least close to it. I, I don't think they're going to go back to solo killing every bot lane two v two again like that. But uh, um, I, I think that I mean, a very true player. There was an interview that came out today. I think it was the C nine player that said that he thinks that they're still the second best team in in the league. Yeah, like, can I ask you guys something? I feel like when people talk about, I mean, hundred thieves, I think lost a little bit over the last couple of days in terms of of their respect. But a lot of people are like, oh man, the best teams are Cloud Nine, Hundred T, and Team Liquid. And then I don't ever hear anybody say TSM. And I, I, I would say I would say TSM over One Hundred Thieves. From I th like I still I still think TSM has like games of the first two weeks of TSM. For example, the game versus Dignitas, where <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what really happened there, but but I just feel like on the games that they win, they seem way cleaner. And for me, that shows that there was definitely big progress being made. And it was just a matter of actually getting those kind of things uh, way more consistently. But I, I, I think that it's like, I don't know, they are becoming a good team, I feel like. Yeah, uh, we recorded the dive earlier today, minor spoilers. Uh, I think I said TSM was top three during that as well okay like, so maybe the... it's turning around but for a while like that was what was confusing to me is i kept seeing tsm win and it felt like people were not not crediting them with those those wins um but mark you think you you guys have been down on on team liquid enough uh contrary to what the caller says because he feels like it's the analyst desk i mean I'm not on all the analyst desks so I, i'm not sure if someone was like team liquid's the best the team avatar ever. I, don't, I don't know if Vaughn was on there or something, uh, hyping them up. But I think given what they did in the locking tournament, the quality of the players and all that stuff, they, they're probably still second in line to try and get a shot. I, I think, you know, they're only one game out of second place, I believe. Um, so, yeah. I mean, because Cloud9 looks like the clear best favorite right now, so. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of my point comes from the fact that so many people do regard them as a second-tier team despite having losses to uh, TSM twice now, which that's completing the round-robin versus TSM. So do you not put TSM above Team Liquid if then TSM has now beaten them twice? And obviously they have a win versus C9, which does bump their resume a lot. But they've also okay. uh, lost to... Uh, EG and 100 Thieves as well, which are currently above them, I believe, or uh, tied. Let me let me let me ask you a question. If if Immortals won versus TL this weekend, 
Would you say Immortals is better than TL? I think you can certainly have teams that uh, beat other people or, or abuse other people's weaknesses uh, better than other teams do. So if Immortals has consistently, kind of like Golden Guardians used to kind of beat up on uh, Team Liquid in the past, and it was kind of always a good game despite there being a huge disparity in skill, I think if Immortals had beaten them again and shown that they can exploit uh, Team Liquid's weaknesses, then whereas uh, the Circle of Sucks that I created showed that there was a lot of parity, uh, I definitely think that then maybe you can say that Immortals is, is better at exploiting Team Liquid's weaknesses, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't... But, then, but then you should make the same argument for TSMTL, right? Sure, and, and that's what I was just saying, is I believe Team Liquid uh, has... is, is uh... Oh, so you're saying you're saying that the overall I'm saying, that, fact, I'm saying that the fact that you're going to zero versus a team doesn't necessarily mean that that team is just better. Because if we go that way, then now if TL wins against C9, then TSM is better than TL, but TL is better than C9, and C9 is better than TSM. And where do we yeah. go? No, you, you, know? you make a good point. I agree so with close that. Suck. <laughs> so what what I what I think is the reason why I think that they are still a top two even though they dropped those games is uh, is that the ways that they win seem more replicable than for example the ways that we win or that the ways that Dignitas wins or that the ways that EG wins or that the ways that 100 Thieves win so I feel like it's easier for them to reach to a consistent state where they can beat most of the teams in the league, except C9, where I think that C9 is just a step above them. So that's where I think that they are in in second place right now. I think... And, and I would argue with TSM. And uh, Though I was going to uh, chime on there as well, it's like... I don't even know if I would say I would put Team Liquid second right now, but when you're talking about when best of fives roll around, which teams are going to be legitimate threats to win the split, I think that's where a lot of the TL faith still exists. Whereas, like, if you want to argue right now that TSM's better than them, I, I, I you can make that argument maybe. Like, TSM, when they're playing, they're, like, scaling mage, weak side top, uh, roaming uh, uh, support, and, you know, comboing with speaker. Like, they look pretty good. Like, maybe they are better than TL right now while Tactical is not playing well. But um, when we often talk about who's going to win the split, we're not talking about right now. We're talking about best of fives a month out from now still. Or a little bit less than a month now. But So how do you reckon Team Liquid will stand up if they do end up sixth place where they're kind of slotted into right now with the four, or the three-way tie for fourth if they have to first round play C9? I just think don't think they'll be that place. That's why. Okay. I okay. don't believe that they'll be sixth place. Because, uh, I mean, Dignitas That's just lost place. to CLG, you know? it's That doesn't mean that CLG is not a better team than Dignitas. But it means, for me at least, that the likelihood of Dignitas dropping out of that three-way tie, it's bigger than TL dropping out of that three-way tie. You know? So I don't think that they'll be that low. Plus, you can use the argument that, yes, there is a three-way tie for the sixth place, but they're also one way, one game away for the third place. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah. No. No, no. They are they're, one game away, right? Actually, 
They're two games out from a se- uh, seven. Second. Yeah, they're one game out from second. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a clear gap between top six and uh, well, well, just in standings right now because there's there's a lot more. Or there's two games, as you said, in between yeah. fourth or sixth and seventh. Hey, Josh, thank you so much for the call. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this show. Very out of the time for this show. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, close out the show? Um, actually, I'd, I'd like to thank you last week for mentioning the Circle of Suck. That was something that I, I did bring over from uh, traditional sports, and I thought it was very funny that you Oh, guys... you're the Circle of Suck guy! Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> it was... Uh, so Put it on con- a business card. Yeah, uh, I'd like to distance myself from that if that's possible. Uh, nope, you're the Circle <laughs> of Suck guy! Some Congratulations, uh, Circle anyway, of Suck guy! I, I would like to shout out uh, Game Fuel as well because I, I definitely think uh, after I tried it last week or two weeks ago, um, I, I went around and I tried a couple of other energy drinks, and I definitely thought Game Fuel was the best of the energy drinks that I tried. Uh, and I'm looking to buy some more, but currently I'm in lockdown. So once I'm out of that, I am absolutely going to get some Game Fuel, uh, and I'm kind of jealous that you guys both have some on hand right now. Let's Don't forget which... to use the code Travis. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Andre is going to be one of our, is considered one of my best guests in a while. I think Andre is um, coming back next week to just do the show. <laughs> jo- uh, Josh, really quickly, which flavor do you try? Oh, I had uh, both of the. It was like a, a raspberry, or like a oh man, a lemonade the zero sugar, zero, zero sugar. Yeah, yeah I had yeah, both yeah, of the yeah. zero sugar ones. Yeah, um, and those were really good. And then since then, I've tried some really crappy flavors from other brands. Um, but I need caffeine, and it was all that they had at the gas station near me. So. Yeah, zero watermelon shock and zero raspberry lemonade. That's it. And they were some bangers. Thank you, Josh. Uh, your shout out has been a bang. Actually, oh my god, I just realized we can do something incredible for you. Guess what? You are the game field victory caller of the night. Congratulations, Josh. We're going to send you uh, some... Shoot shoot me your... Uh, just message me on Discord. We're going to hook you up with a case of Game Fuel. Uh, I don't know if you can get it delivered at a hotel, but we're going to try to figure out how to get it to you. That's I'll not my job. Somebody else has to do that. I really appreciate that. That's very cool. Yeah. Thank you to, uh, to Game Fuel for allowing us to do that. Uh, shoot me a message on Discord in a bit. Uh, thank you so much for the call, and we will catch you next time. Yeah, thank you guys for the discourse. See you guys. Yeah, have a good one. All right, that is our show, and uh, Andre's camera is back just in time for us to close out. Uh, Mark, what do you got for us? Shoutouts, plugs, go. Uh, I don't know. I feel I feel very tired. I felt exceptionally tired this last week. I'm going to try and unwind the next two days. Well, Mark, I'm glad we'll see that Game Fuel was able to keep you awake for this show because I'm sure you'd be asleep otherwise. True. Jesus. Okay, I try so hard. Um, uh, Andre, what do you got to shout out for us tonight? What do you got for us to plug? Uh, not just uh, thank you for the invite. It was, it was, uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, and not just shout out to to my team, my players that that were there that are gonna get a very interesting tomorrow. I would say. Revenge and Insanity trolling out on of, Twitch chat all night for people who didn't see. <laughs> out of one, two, it's going to be an interesting tomorrow. <laughs> but <laughs> and no, just just thank you for, for everyone in the chat as well. And I mean, it's always, for me, it's always very, um, I get very, let's say, emotional in a way when talking about this kind of topics. But uh, I don't want anyone to take it like personally or 
or, or anything. And if I ever sounded any kind of like uh, um, insulting or anything, I'll just apologize in advance for that. As what well. about when you were shitting no. on Hunter T? That wasn't no, that real. I won't, that I won't apologize. Okay, I don't, good. I, I, I didn't. That I won't apologize. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't feel like that at all. I think if any if anyone one of us sounded salty at any point, it's probably me when I was when I was joking about like the the stats thing. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. I I feel you, dude. I definitely when when you start arguing about stuff, blood p- pressures rise, voices raise, and next thing you know, you're you're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm there. No, with but you. I I, th- I think that's. I mean, honestly, like I I th- th- that also happens when you're coaching a team, like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I've I've once I talked with uh, with Revenge and Insanity once about this, where they are saying everyone is like so respectful and 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 whatnot. And one time I yelled at practice, you know. And after that, I uh, I talked to them, and they were like, I was I was just it was it was not the yelling that surprised me. It was just the fact that after that everything came back to normal. But what came out of that was probably one of the best conclusions we had so far during. During this uh, during this split of practice, so at least I really think that once, if you're able to take good conclusions out of that instead of just being uh, too careful of not hurting your fifis, at least in a, in a team <laughs> environment, then you just improve, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so and I... the best meme as well. Wait, I don't even know the meme. What's the meme? <laughs> you become a meme behind your. Behind no, Andre, not, insanity not, in the Twitch chat says, and meme. the best meme, by the way, for the people listening to uh, the show <laughs> later on. Uh, I just want to make it clear, if anybody ever yells at me, my fifis will be hurt, um, and I, I don't want anyone to yell at me. But I'm glad that Andre is able to get good results out of his players by doing that. No, I did it once. It's whatever. I'm glad that Andre, who no, screams what I mean at people is that, every... What I mean is that there's a, there is a mentality that if you say what's in your mind, that the team will just implode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I watched I, uh, Breaking Point, and I think that that team had a lot of people saying what was on their mind, and it, it definitely imploded. So, I mean, I think, especially for coaching, I mean, I watch a lot of, like, uh, documentaries and stuff about coaching and whatnot, and, like, but in, uh, you won't, you don't follow American football, but there's this coach, Bill Belichick, and, like, they always talk about shifting moods and, like, when people are too lax finding ways to get them energized and when people are t- like on edge, finding ways to chill them out, you know, like I, I don't think yell, you can yell. I don't, I think, I think people need to let out their emotions if they're fucking pissed, you know, <laughs> better than sitting on them often. Very good. I mean, the fact I, I feel like in, in, uh, in team environments, at least one of the main difference between the UNNA is that players are more willing to argue and understand that that argument is not personal. While in NA, I feel like if two players argue, the next day both are messaging the head coach that they don't want to play with that player anymore. <laughs> and one of them will end up going, you know? I can't wait to see who wins in your heart, insanity or revenge. Who yeah. makes a better case to you to stay on the team? Actually, maybe I should just actually be like Congress, you know? Just allow them to fund to me. No, I oh, you want to, like, fund me and, and shit, and then like then I'll make my decision. It's just a bribe. Based on that. I see. Well, it's hit that part of the night where we're talking about American politics with somebody from outside of the the country. So it's time to wrap up the show. Uh, thank you so much, Andre, for coming on. It was a great show having you on. I really enjoyed it. We're definitely gonna hit you up and bother you to to come on again. Yeah, this is great. 
Uh, thanks to everyone. This is a mega episode, I guess, with the pre-show. So thanks to Raz for coming on on the show. Even though just moments ago on Skype, he said, fuck you, Travis, and left our group chat. And, uh, yeah, thanks to uh, our sponsors. We've got some great content hitting this week, uh, including an interview with the host for FlyQuest's uh, Spanish language stream and a run it about uh, the who is the actual second best team in the league. And Mark is falling asleep. So we got to go. Oh. And uh, apparently a Darshan interview to talk about the Players Association stuff on the import rules. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thanks so much for watching, everyone. This has been Hotline League, episode 162, I think. Yeah, 162. All right.